What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Downtime with Downstar, episode 205. And today we're here with Jonathan Woolley from S3 Mag. <laughs> What's up, guys? What's up, brother? How are you, man? Dude, I am good. I am good. Just dodging this hurricane over here. Yeah, what's going but, on? Uh, <laughs> nothing. <laughs> like, literally, there's a light rain outside that I'm watching, but... um. My daughter's school was canceled today, which I don't know why the hell they did that. I don't live on the coast, y'all. Yeah. Like I live in Georgia, not on the coast. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they they canceled my daughter's school, so we just kind of had a hangout day, more or less. I think the uh, the your daughter even having school is the crazy thing, man. She's going still. Yeah, dude. You know Georgia don't yeah. care. <laughs> <laughs> we're in it to win it dude. bro um, he, here we're already yeah. thinking like uh yeah i don't think christian's just ever gonna go back to school again <laughs> yeah no yeah she's in she's in. and i and honestly i think that's why they probably canceled today because they probably want to run a test run of if they have to shut it down and go digital because i'm like are you serious man like we got like four inches of rain it's not that big of a deal yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? yeah. like but yeah i mean down south, at least all I can speak for is kind of rural Georgia where I am. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy because like nobody cares, and you'll fall back into like your daily role, you know, and then all of a sudden you'll find out, oh dang, my neighbor's got it, you know, or like yeah. people catch it, and you're like, oh crap, man, maybe I should put the mask back on and get serious, you know? Yeah. Um, but now nah, we're planning on going to the beach next week, so we'll see how that goes. I figure it's. It's a big beach. We can stay away from people. Hell yeah, dude. I seen uh, you just learned how to what wake surf. I never even heard of that. <laughs> yes, that's dude. sick. Have you not heard of no. that? Really? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I thought everybody had heard of it. I thought I was late to the party. But basically, if you haven't heard of it, you know, you get a wakeboard boat or like a wake surfboard, a wake surf boat, a Malibu or whatever. Um, you run them at like 10 miles an hour and dude, my cousin's got this sick boat. And so you can direct the weight to the left or the right and you can do everything you want to wow. do. And, uh, you run it about 10 miles an hour. So it's low speed. And then you sit in, you know, five feet behind the boat and you just catch that wake. And then once you get it, you know, you can just stay right there. You can drop the rope all together and cruise. Really? It's awesome. Wow. It, it is a lot of, it's, it's super addicting. Like, and you know, I've, skateboarded and stuff like that my whole life so getting up on that was a lot of times that's the hard part for people because it's really hard to explain to somebody that hasn't been around board sports to do you know but um yeah man one you know getting up wasn't really a problem it was like kind of chasing the wave and staying on top of it you know and then once you figured that out dude it was on dude that's sick bro you know um i always thought that since i was uh you know, I, I skated a lot that that would transition over into snowboarding. But the first time I ever did snowboarding, I was like, get these boots off me. What the hell? Yeah, dude. snowboarding's fun. I'm not that. I mean, I'm from the south. So we got like North Carolina. It's mostly ice yeah. and it's all fun games till you catch an edge. Yeah. <laughs> you face plant hard. But, you know, yeah, dude, it's fun, dude. The, the funny thing is, I don't know if you know about this guy. There is a dude named Austin Keene. Mm-hmm. Total badass. Can I say badass on this podcast? You can say whatever the fuck you want to say. <laughs> Thank you. That's now I now I know where the ceiling is. Um all right. Yeah, dude. So Austin Keene is like a badass. He's like the Forsberg of like wake surfing and all that or whatever. Um 
and he's dreaded. And like, like we look very similar. Yeah. So like, I, I already catch that all the time. Um, you know, people are like, you know, I'll go to like Harlow's school and the kids are like, dude, are you Austin Dean? <laughs> <laughs> like, nah, like I'll go to car events and people are like, bro, are you Austin Keen? And I'm like, no, but I get that. Really? Like, Cause I was looking, I was looking on his Instagram. I was like, holy shit. He was just in France like two days ago. And now you're here at grid life or whatever. Yeah. Dude. So, so yeah, man. It's I think cool. if you had it's maybe sunglasses cool. or something, you could get away with it. That's what guy was saying at grid life. He was like, bro, you've got the same sunglasses <laughs> as this man. I was like, I don't know. Great minds. Think hey, well, you got the look, dude. That's the, uh, what a Magnus Walker. Gots the look. Yeah. And then there's a, they were just showing me, my guys were just showing me another show on like Discovery or something. Some, some dudes, I don't know, like in Alabama or something, they just have like hella cars and they're just, it's one of those car shows where they just do like random car shit. Yes. And it's some old dude with, with dreads too. Yes. There is like a dread alliance. So anytime anybody does anything cool with dreads, like people tell me about it all the there time. There you go. You know, like. And, uh, and so, yeah, I've heard about that. I think it's on Netflix or something yeah. because I've seen like the, the little profile yeah. pic. I just hadn't clicked on it, but, um, yeah, Magnus is funny too, because dude, that dude is cool as crap. Mm -hmm. And I happen to be super into old Porsche. Oh, you know? oh there you <laughs> go right there. My whole life. Yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> like, I mean, I've grown up around these things, you know, like, so when I was a little kid, my dad was, you know, whatever, very involved in the Porsche club, racing old Porsches and stuff like that. So that was like our Sunday football, you know, like most families were watching football. That's what we were doing. Um, so I've grown up around it. Just so happened, I guess we're cut from the same cloth, me and Magnus, you know, so I started doing like dreads don't happen overnight, man. Like I've been working on this for like the better part of it, vast better part of a decade. Wow. And, uh, and then, yeah, you hear about Magnus and you're like, Son of a bitch! <laughs> His dreads are longer. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, dude. But whatever. Oh man. So uh, how? What made you even decide to to go with the dreads? Uh, I don't know. I'm just a freaking rebel. I love it. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a rebel. I just don't fit in. It was pretty much like uh, I was going to Hawaii a lot. This was all right. So. 2010, 11, 12, 13, that era, right before my little girl was born, pretty much. Uh, my mom is retired from Delta. So me getting to Hawaii was not really much of a cost, you know? And so basically I had a valet job on the weekends and, and you know, when I made a hundred bucks, I'd roll it yeah. up, I'd throw it in the backpack. When that backpack would get kind of full, I'd be like, oh snap, and we'd go to Hawaii. Yeah. And so it was, you know, I mean, it's easier for you. You're in California, but like from Georgia, man, it's a long flight, you know, and so, but we were still going three times a year or so. Started making friends and whatnot. Um, got, you know, obviously heavy into reggae and, and that whole kind of thing. Like, that's the thing about Hawaii is like, it's the culture. Like, yes, the beaches, the mountains, love it. But like, it's the culture that kept me coming back. Um, and, and ended up going to see a band called Soja, S-O-J-A, check them out. Uh, and, and I was a big fan of that band already and, and went out there, um, kind of long story short, my wife was in a car accident, a bad one, broke her pelvis Shit. and stuff like that. Yeah, it was bad. And so she couldn't walk for three months. And then basically Soja was about five months after that wreck in Kauai where we were going. And so that was like the target. I was like, boom, we're doing it. You know, like that's the date, go to therapy. We're going to figure it out. 
And, uh, and so, you know, she got, that was like the mission to get better, you know, to work harder, to get her muscles back basically. Cause she was bedridden for three wow. months. Uh, yeah. And it was right after we got married, dude, it was, it was a stress. Um, but anyway, we made it, we went to Soja. There's something about like the music in the jungle and it just kind of hit me. And I was like, I'm not going to cut my damn hair for a minute. <laughs> you know? Wow. And then it was like, I'm doing dreads. <laughs> and my wife was like, my wife is a princess. Like she is not what you would expect me to be. She's a Southern belle. You know what yeah. I mean? To pull I don't know how, I guess opposites attract you now. Um, but her whole thing was like, I'm not even going to argue with yeah. you because you're not going to do it. I'm not going to, you yeah. know, like you're not, gonna, I'm not going to waste my time arguing with you. And I was like, okay, all right then. <laughs> so I just quietly didn't cut my hair for two and a half years and got it long enough because wow. Yeah, I mean, dread lessons, like, I used to just buzz my head. So, like, you have to get it long enough, because when you dread it, it it cinches back up, you know? And so I didn't want, like, little nubby things. So, like, grew it out for two and a half years. In that two and a half years, my daughter was born, and I was finally, like, you know, it was, like, a couple months after she was born. I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. Sick. You know, I'll probably cut it off. But I've come this far. I've got to prove them wrong. I'm going to do it. And so I did it. And then it was like, well, let me just rock this for, like, a minute, you know? And, and now... It's become synonymous with yeah. me and Esther and everything. Now I can't. I mean, not that I want to cut it, but if I did, I would have to deal with two years of bullshit and people going, "Oh, you cut your hair? <laughs> You're so slow with the dreads, man." So, yeah. Now I ain't cutting it until God takes it away from Dude, me. Dude, they look fucking rad, bro. Oh. Yeah, man. I wish I could have yeah. long hair, dude, but I can't make Dude. it past that that stage where it kind of gets a little long, you know, like five inches. I'm like, ah, I gotta go. <laughs> That's how I am with beards. I don't think I can grow yeah. one. I'm 41 yeah. now. Nothing. I'll get like a couple weeks in and then I'm like, oh, this looks like shit. And I'll cut it and I'll be like, shouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> I know you just got to let it keep going, man. I, I got some patches right here, bro, but it's COVID. So I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't got to, I don't got to impress nobody. <laughs> yeah. Dude, yeah, that's, exactly. that's so funny. You talk about Hawaii because, you know, you're the one that actually put me on to, to Hawaii. The first time I yeah. was going to go out there, I put it up on Facebook and you were the one that responded and I ended up taking all your advice, man. I stayed in the same spot that you said and everything. It was awesome. That's funny. That, yeah, I take it seriously. Like whenever I see somebody post, I'm like, bro, listen, listen. <laughs> like, this is great. And, and personally, I, dude, I can't believe I'm even saying it on a podcast, but like Kauai is the yeah. one. Kauai is like the westernmost island. It's laid back even by hawaiian standards you know what yeah. i mean like it is well you've been it's super chill super cool i've been going since i was three years old or whatever um and they say if you like Kauai, tell your friends to go to Maui. <laughs> <laughs> for that very reason because too many hashtags now man too many people are starting to go <laughs> you know but um but whatever your your viewers or readers or whatever are probably pretty cool so yeah Kauai is the spot dude if you're looking for a place where like they're up with the sun and they kind of go to bed early. They don't party yeah. necessarily, but like they're all about the nature, you know, they're all about getting out there. Yeah. So that's your spot. If you want to party, go to Oahu, you know, like that's the one. Yeah. Now, do you spend a lot of time in Maui? No, nah, hmm. nah, I went to, you know, it's shoot. It's been nine years or so since I've been to Maui. Maui's dope. But there's something about Kauai that changes your whole heartbeat. You know yeah. what I mean? Like everything slows down. And so like last time I went, I was in Kauai for like 10 days and then went to Maui. And I was like, shit, 
You know, I was just like, God damn high rises, you know, because they got the taller. But in Kauai, they don't build anything tall, you know, and then you go to Maui. It's a little bit more touristy. Yeah, it's dope. I mean, there are sick things to see in Maui. Um, but I also definitely got the vibe of where it's people where people from California and like Seattle and shit go for the weekend to just party. Yeah. You know, and then come back. Whatever. Um, that's just not really my thing. When I go out there, I'm not going out there to party. I'm going out there to like refocus you know what yeah I mean? no it's just definitely different. man disconnect and that's what i loved about Kauai is that it it was just very country and it, it just felt like i liked it that that everything closed down early that there's a grocery store you know you you cook your own food yeah. and it kind of feels like okay this is home for a little while and it was it was a great experience yeah well yeah dude and the thing is by the time the sun goes down and you know you chill out and have a dinner or whatever you're like you're tired yeah. dude Cause you've been doing stuff, you know what I mean? Like your body's just tired. Like you're not looking for parties necessarily. Not having said that, there's stuff to do, you know. But like, it's like bonfires. Yeah. You know, it's not like bars. It's just different, man. It's yeah. Cool. I guess the Very older cool. that you get, the uh, your idea of what fun is definitely changes. And you know, life yeah. life for us is just so busy all the time. What fun is to just like yeah. not have to do anything. <laughs> yeah yeah pretty yeah much. hell yeah man and yeah. uh I, I i have a buddy out in in maui too my buddy jordan um the first time that we ever went over there i was just posting up and then he hit me up just a follower of downstar and he's like hey man if you want to go ziplining let me know i'm like hell yeah dude so ever since we've been going there we get to zipline for free and got free weed and stuff it's so sick dude <laughs> Dude, yeah, that's funny, man. Like Kauai's got a drag strip of it. Being yeah, like yeah. Oh, really? Island. Oh yes, shit. They have a drag strip, and it's kind of it's super like you would expect, super laid back. You know, like I mean, like there's this little Hawaiian girl running, you know, 15 second quarter miles in a Civic or whatever, and she rolled by. And it's funny because the word of the magazine spreads fast there. You know what I mean? Like everybody's connected on that yeah. island. So like I had walked into a surf shop and started talking to some people and a lady that worked there was like oh my gosh my son goes to the Kauai college and 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 my son and and his brother both his her yeah. sons or whatever they're in the automotive school and you should go say hi to them and i was like all right <laughs> so i drove up to the college and like kind of went and met no. guys and handed out the magazines and so next thing you know like they all kind of yeah. know you and you kind of know them and so they're like you should come to the drag strip we're doing the first event you know so you go out there and they're running 15s or whatever, but they're like, I'm getting better. <laughs> it's so fun, dude, because, you know, I'm in kind of the greater Atlanta area and it's so full. It's so saturated that you sometimes you lose sight of like, why you even do it? You mm. know, and it's for them. It's about fun. Yeah, they want to go faster, but it's not about being the fastest. Like a buddy of mine that lives over there, Nalu, it is, you know, the girl that works at the surf shop. It's her son, you know, and. He's got a little Ford Festiva, not Fiesta, Festiva. Yeah. Tiny shoebox, early 90s, with some Mazda swap that he turbocharged in his own drive. And he's running like 11th. No I shit. Dude, yeah, Whoa. they like get it done. But they're like the coolest dudes ever, man. Like, it's just, it's, it's just a different vibe. And the reason he has that car is it was his grandfather's car. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like mainland culture would be like, cool, man, acquire that car sell it try and get yourself an eg hatch and then because that's got better swap options you can k swap it but he's like no nah, bro this is my grandfather's car so this is the one yeah like we got to make this thing fast you know <laughs> like that's what it is so 
Yeah, there's just a lot of sense of family and culture. Over yeah, there. definitely a different culture. Uh, you know, I don't care what anybody says. That's a different country. We just we just jack them for it. But <laughs> I don't know how the trade went. I don't know if we sold or bought or something, but it's not the same, man. And I love it out there, dude. Yeah. The funny thing is they all want to go to California. Yeah, for what? Don't. You know, I talk to the dudes that are like 22 or whatever over there, and they're like, man, I just want to go to San Diego. And I'm like, bro. Stay where you're at. <laughs> I was like, just trust me. You're and, in freaking Paris. And that's funny because I'm in California and I want to go to Georgia. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, well, yeah. The problem, well, you could do that because Georgia houses are cheap. Yeah. The problem is for me in Georgia to come to California or God forbid Hawaii is like a freaking fortune. Yeah. I somehow got to make millions, which print magazine is probably not going to take me there in 2020. It's like, God damn it. If I was only like 25 years earlier with this magazine, we'd have some. Well, you're, you're still around when a lot of others aren't, man. Yeah, that's just sheer stubbornness. That's <laughs> <laughs> all that is. Take the compliment, that's Wooly. Not- <laughs> thank you thank you yeah so so what's what's georgia like right now man what's what's the transition been since everybody's starting to look at atlanta as like the new la have you been seeing uh a lot more people moving in fuck yes i did not know that anybody was looking at atlanta like the new LA, oh yeah but the streets are full <laughs> well, if you think about it, as far as like uh, hip hop culture, hip hop culture has become like mainstream culture, and Atlanta's been killing it shits ever since like you know 2010 ish and up. Like if you think of the acts that come out of Atlanta itself, you're not talking just like some here and there rappers. You're talking like Gucci, the Migos, Young Thug, like huge rappers. Plus, uh, Tyler Perry, he just opened up the studios out there, which is going to be comparable to like Hollywood out here. Yeah. And with, you know, yeah. different yeah. regulations and rules. And I'm sure things are a lot cheaper out there. So I see that as being one of the next uh, big hubs. Uh, yeah, dude. I mean, I guess it's been 10 years now. But when Fast Five was being made, um, everything that happened in Brazil, well, not everything in Brazil, but like, the shots are obviously Brazil or Brazil, but like where they go and like do the little street races or go try and race people for cars or whatever. That was all Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, and I got to hang out over there for, for all that filming and everything. And, um, and yeah, they were saying something even back then about Georgia was really trying to entice the movie industry. So they were like giving them major tax breaks, mm. uh, and stuff like that versus California to get them out there. And if you think about it, like, Georgia is kind of like right smack in the middle of a lot of cool things. You know what I mean? Like you're a couple hours from beach. You're a couple hours from mountains. You've got kind of the four seasons. So if you're trying to shoot something, you can shoot fall. You can shoot summer, you know, like lush. You can shoot winter looking stuff, you know, like. So for movies, I guess, like California, really, because you know what I mean? You can go a couple hours in California and get a lot of different terrains. So I don't know, man. I mean, I know the movie stuff has been big around here um but yeah i don't you know shoot i try and honestly stay the hell out of atlanta Mm. as much as possible like i live about an hour outside of atlanta just kind of on the very outskirts of what you would call metro atlanta and i love it i love the country life you know um i like atlanta i guess being close there's benefits there's a lot of shit on facebook marketplace (laughs) you know what i mean (laughs) 
But like, other than that, dude, it's it's traffic. So which w- traffic? And- which way are you from? Um, from Atlanta? Are you north of Atlanta or? No, I'm east. east. Okay. Which is kind of no man's land in a way. Yeah, it's um, I'm actually more towards Athens. I know you probably don't know where that is, but Athens is where University of Georgia is. Um, it's a much smaller town, but kind of a college town or yeah. whatever. Got you. And I'm closer that way. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stuff going on in the north. That's where a lot of, of people, you know, will live. There's a lot of car culture in the north side of Atlanta. Well, there's car culture everywhere, but a lot of that stuff is north. Yeah. I'm always driving around in north. Yeah. I've always liked to go out there, man. Every time I would go for a show or an event or what have you. And then uh you know, I, I got to get close with all the, the PGK guys early on going out there. <laughs> yeah. So they became like family, you know, so I'll go out and hang out with those dudes. I'll come out like last year we came out for grid life and I only went to the event two days and only went there for like a couple hours each day because I was like, man, I'm gonna go hang out <laughs> with my guys in Atlanta. We're gonna cook out and smoke and chill, man. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun spot, dude. It's a fun spot. I'm a beach guy. And that always bothers me. I always feel like I'm in a little bit of the wrong place yeah. because I want the beach. But I'm telling you, and I probably shouldn't say this on a podcast either, but the North Georgia mountains, like where Tennessee, North Georgia, North Carolina all kind of come together right there is like the most underrated part of the really? country, dude. Like nobody talks about it. There ain't much there, you know, but damn, it's awesome. And if you're into off-road shit like I am as yeah. well, it's freaking awesome. And if you're into cars, it's like got some of the best roads. I mean, it's great, dude. It's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of my goals in the near future is to secure a property out there. Like, not even something super crazy, but just something that we could go yeah. vacation at, you know, get out of California for yeah. a little while. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that'd be sick, man. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Man, Wooly, we, uh, we, we've got into so much and we haven't got into anything yet. That's <laughs> <laughs> the way my life. <laughs> I love it. So let's talk about S3, man. How did you uh how did you start S3? Let's, let's paint that picture, bro. <laughs> how much time you got? I got all the time of the day, bro. It's funny cuz like the two younger dudes, the newer guys that are working with us always make fun of me hardcore because they're like, "Oh, are you going to talk about the magazine again?" <laughs> and how you got the magazine? I'm like, Dude, like when a politician goes on the campaign trail, he says the same shit in every city, yeah. but it's new people hearing it, you know? But um, yeah, all right, here's the story. Long story short, um, I've always been into cars. I've always been into writing. Not even that I was like super into it, like, but like teachers, like I, I just went back and found an old yearbook from like sixth grade and the teacher was like, you honestly have a gift for writing, use it you know, find your voice and use it or whatever. Um, and I, you know, I was published in little things going through school or whatever. Um, and so I was always like heavy into like creative writing and super heavy into mm. cars. Um, you know, so I, I graduate high school, go to college and go to college, like a university of Georgia, you know, it's kind of a business type school. These dudes are like, bro, I can't wait to get out of here and get money. You know? And I'm like, well, what are you going to do? And they're like, I'm going to make money, man. I don't give a fuck. You know? <laughs> I'm like, uh, I was kind of the emo kid before emo. Yeah. You know what I mean? This was like the pop punk days, but I was like, man, like it's got to mean something. And they were like, okay, nerd. Yeah. You know? and it, was like, it was like, all right. So I, I kind of floundered my way through college. I ended up really being into psychology. People don't know that, but I majored in psychology, which if you read the magazine, I think it, 
I didn't realize this until like the last year or so, but it's pretty apparent because a lot of times we're not even talking about cars. We're talking about where people are yeah, in their life and their struggles and stuff like that. Um, but anyway, um, you know, I got out of college. I have this degree that's kind of cost a lot and, uh, and I'm installing car stereos, you know, and I'm doing that for like a year and a half and I'm getting kind of some of the pressure to like, uh, are you going to like, you know, fall in line yeah. and go get a job or, or did you get a degree to do car stereos and shit? And I was like, I, I just don't want to do whatever the hell, you know, random sales job or whatever's out there. Um, so I, you know, I was up late at night just trying to appease my family and girlfriend and, and on like monster jobs. I don't even know if that still mm. exists, but it was like a website yeah. on jobs and there was something for like a car magazine. And it was like, wait, what the hell is this? You know, it was that like S3 magazine, you know, or a performance, whatever, tuner type of magazine and based in the Atlanta area. And I was like, how the fuck do I not know about this? You know, so I start investigating, get excited, you know, and I'm like, dude, this is it. This is it. And uh, it turns out they they do the tuner thing. Uh, but the magazine was out of Detroit. So they were kind of like sort of tuner, but kind of like more domestic -y tuner. I don't know. It was kind of a weird thing. And, and S3 used to stand for speed, style, and sound. I guess it still does. They did a lot of audio. Honestly, it was a little bit behind what was going on, even in 2005. Um, but they had a motorcycle magazine, two-wheel tuner. And it was one of those, like, let's put a celebrity on the cover with a stretch bike with a lot of chrome or whatever. But it took off. So that magazine was killing it. And they were like, we need to move somewhere where we can live the bike life four seasons, more or less. So they had come down to Atlanta. That's why I hadn't heard of them. They had really just kind of gotten there a few gotcha. months earlier. So I go like balls to the walls for this job, right? Like, and I send an email and I actually get a response. And, uh, and the owner was like, hey, we're getting ready to go to SEMA. So stuff's kind of crazy. But when we get back from SEMA, uh, we'll be in touch. And I was kind of like, no, that's not good enough, man. Like, I cannot let this fizzle. And my dad worked in the car industry. Like I said, my mom worked for Delta. Mm -hmm. So between the two, he was like, you need to get out here. I'll get you a pass and uh, and go find this dude. You know, wow. like, so yeah, dude, I flew out there. Uh, I only had like a day and and like full of nerves. You know what I mean? It was 2005, my first SEMA. It was larger than yeah. life. But I was on a mission because I was trying to find this dude, Todd Lamb, the publisher of S3. And so I tracked down the booth and I see him from afar, you know, and then he starts leaving. <laughs> he like left the booth and I remember thinking, shit, shit, shit. So like I kind of cross paths with him. It's like I'm trying to ask a girl out in like, you yeah. know, middle school or whatever. So I cross paths and I'm like, oh, Todd, yeah, I'm Jonathan. I sent you an email about the editor position or whatever. And he was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm about to run to a meeting, but since you're here, write about the event like you're writing it for a magazine, send it to me. I'll try and, you know, take a look at it and whatever. Uh, we'll, we'll, I'll hit you up when we get back. So I kind of wrote this article. And I kind of like really kind of hung it out there. Like I didn't write like a safe article. I kind of like went for it. And uh, long story short, ended up getting the job. And it's a freaking dream job, right? Like for me, it was absolutely a dream job. I could not believe it. Six weeks later, six very quick weeks later, we had done one issue and uh, he calls me in his office and basically lays me mm. off. And like, you know, like I, it's surreal. Like my heart's racing, you know, like I can't believe it's happening kind of a thing. And uh, I'm like, what? Uh, like, what? who's buying it? You know, like he was like, basically he sat me down and he was like, listen, you know, it has nothing to do with you guys, but 
we've been kind of thinking about selling S3 for a while. Uh, a company in California is buying it. Um, so, you know, like we're, we're going to keep you on for a couple of weeks. So if, if you're willing to help finish the next issue, but after that, that's, that's yeah. it, man. I'm really sorry about that. And cause you know, I just quit my other job, you know, and my other boss was cool as shit. Like we still talk, but I didn't want to go back yeah. and accept the feet. There was no going back, you know? And so I was like, can I move to California? You know, because then, I mean, other than my girlfriend, who's now my wife, like there was no real ties. I was like, I'll move. And they were like, well, according to them, they're buying it to kill it. So that's not really an option. You know, he's like, I kind of poked around at that. And I was like, okay. So we went to lunch and it was like, there was really only two of us that worked solely on S3. The other guys worked on the on the motorcycle or S3. Uh -huh. So those guys were like, well, do you just want to work on the bike magazine and keep your job? And of course they were like, yes. So as me and the other owner were like, as we're trying to like process, I'm like, no, dude, no, man. And so like the next morning I was in his office when he got there and I'm like, come on, you know, change your mind. <laughs> and he was like, I, I, I mean, it's kind of like, I, you know, it's done deal. And the next morning and the next morning and finally he was like, listen, I talked to my wife who was his business partner. Um, S3 is kind of our firstborn, you know, and we're not cool with the fact that it's being killed. If you and the designer, who's Cody, I don't know if you ever met Cody. I believe so. Uh, yeah, he's not, technically he's not with us anymore. We're still buddies. Um, but, you know, he was with us in those early days. So he was like, if you guys can come up with some money, you can buy the magazine. We'll let you use the office. We'll teach you how to publish. He's like, because you don't know shit about actually what a magazine is, you know? He's like, you're not yeah. there, you, it's not articles, you know? Like, um, and so we were like, yes, yes, give us a week or whatever, we'll rob banks, we'll call grandma, we'll do whatever the hell we have to yeah. do to make it happen. Um, so we did, and and I mean, at the time, I was like, there's no freaking way. You know, the odds of success are very, very slim, but I was buying it, and you know, without, is basically affordable, like the price of a car. Gotcha. You know what I mean? So like, and, and we were buying a magazine that already existed. Like starting a magazine is really hard. Buying one, even if it kind of sucks, but at least it has advertisers, at least it has contacts and like it has subscribers and stuff like that. So it was like, this it's now or mm -hmm. never, like this is it. And even if we fail, if we get our foot in the door, we'll find our next job. Like that was all I cared about. I was like, I want in to the aftermarket, you know, and I don't care what we got to like burn, including our credit to get it yeah. done. I just want in, you know? And so, um, so yeah, I got hired right before Christmas of 2005 and basically Valentine's day of 2006, I owned a car magazine and was just like, holy shit, <laughs> you know? And so it was on wow. dude. and, um, and, and yeah, you know, like one, one thing people, you know, the, the average person does not really understand about magazines is it, it, it's funded off of advertising. Like printing is super damn expensive and advertisers pay to be in the magazine. That's what funds the, the magazine. Uh, subscriptions isn't where it's at. Like right now you can go on our website, you can get a two year subscription, which is probably more like a four year subscription plus a t-shirt for 20 bucks. I'll tell you right now, a t-shirt costs us like yeah. 10. <laughs> like, you know, and we got to print the magazine and we got to ship it to you for whatever, 30 yeah. times or whatever it is. You know what I mean? We, we lose money. But 
the thing is I'm happy to lose money to gain a reader. And, and the theory is that an advertiser will see the readers and be like, yo, you guys got some cool readers and they're paid, paid readers, you know, paid subscriptions are worth more than like a YouTube subscription, for example, because these people have invested yes. in they're they're good consumers, you know, so that's, that's basically the, the short version of how a magazine works. It's all based off advertising. So we own a magazine. We didn't have enough ad revenue to get the first issue paid for, you know, and, and we're trying to figure out how that's going to work. And it's total like a soap opera. Like every day, it's just like we're going out of business. Mm. Like, I don't know how the fuck we are going to pull this off. Because back then in 2006, we're trying to print every month. There's no time. You know, like that was back when magazines printed every month. Um, and so Mike, who mm -hmm. you know, uh, for those of you listening that don't know, Mike Sanders is our ad guy. He is now the other half owner of S3. So I own half. He Very half. cool. Uh, but back then he was basically when I was in college, he was in high school. We both had eclipses and we all kind of hung out a little bit in parking lots. And then he started coming to our apartment. We started feeding him beers. We'd kick open the back doors of bars and get him in and stuff, <laughs> him and his buddies. So like we were kind of buddies, but he called me. And, and so he was in college at this point. I was kind of fresh out. And he was like, yo, did you buy a damn car magazine? And I was like, yeah. He's like, do you need an intern? Do you need an intern? And I was like, I know we need somebody to sell ads. And Mike, even at 20 years, like he's only 20 at the time, at 20 years old, he has like this deep voice. He's been an old man since he was probably a kid. You know, like he's always been responsible and mature. And so he started selling ads, dude. He started calling these people up, marketing. And even back then, before the economy crashed, marketing directors were like intimidating older dudes that brought in good salaries and stuff like that. And um, and he's calling them and talking to them and somehow, some way kept us in mm. business, you know? And I was helping more then than I am now um, with that side of it, but we somehow survived. And looking back at it, this was 2006, so drifting was so hot that all the tire companies, you know, were spending big money to be in magazines, and, uh, and that kind of helped us out. And then by 2008, the economy crashed, and it was like, there's no freaking yeah. way. You know what I mean? Like budgets were being cut like crazy. Gas was like $4 a gallon here. I don't know how much it was yeah, in California. Yeah, yeah. And, and like everything kind of halted, you know, like all the, the party was in, yeah. you know what I mean? And, uh, and it was like, well, we're fucked. <laughs> you know? and, but like in the process of being fucked came like the real voice of the magazine because we got frustrated and we didn't want it to die and we were pissed off. And, and so we started writing like real articles rather than fluff shit, you know? And people started latching onto that. And at the same time, what we didn't realize is is those West Coast magazines, like the then it was Prime Media, then Source Interlink, then Ten. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you got if the people listening don't know, like a lot of those West Coast based magazines are all owned by the same big conglomerate and they kind of operate independently. Well, those magazines were used to the big budgets and the heydays and all that. So it kind of hurt them worse than us. I thought it was gonna take us out immediately. But all we knew was broke. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know? So, like, so like it hurt us, but we were kind of used to it. Whereas those guys with the big offices and the big staffs, you know, and and basically they, you know, they had big operating costs. So they needed to pull in the big ad revenue. And when that got shut down, like that's when you started seeing them fall. You know, what was it? I don't know. Maybe modified. Yeah, first. yeah, you know yeah. What I mean? Modified like, import tuner, then, Honda tuning and then remember, Super Street. 
the crazy thing is, okay, so there was two of us that got hired on the same day, me and a dude named Clint. Clint stayed with the motorcycle magazine, but he wasn't really a motorcycle guy. Ended up getting hired as the art guy, the designer for Import oh, okay. Um so, Yeah, we're all kind of connected, you know, and... Um, and so he was working for Import Tuner. He got out of that before they ever closed, just because he was kind of disenchanted with. He was like, "Man, I'm at the quote top." He's like, "But it's not like what I thought it mm. would be." He was like, "They basically give me like eight photos that I have to use, no others. They've given me everything that I can use with like the product placement or whatever." He's like, "So all I do is like lay it out." You know, he's like, and that's it. He's like, it's not what I thought it would be. I'm not like out here choosing what we're going to feature and doing all this cool shit. You know, he's like, it's kind of, kind of served to me. Um, But anyway, yeah. So I don't know, man, somehow we survived 2008, 9, 10 or whatever. Um, And then by that point, we just kind of established ourselves as kind of like this independent grassroots magazine. We were never the biggest. I mean, I'm sure a lot of anybody that's still listening Probably half of y'all are like, S3. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've never been the biggest, like, especially if you live out there on the West Coast because it's freaking Super Street and it's those guys. Um, but we had this little, we were a national magazine, but we were kind of strong in the Southeast. We were very, after all of that, going through the 2008 thing, we became very punk rock and very like, I don't give a shit. You know, if three people read this magazine, if they're cool, I'm in. You know, like I'm not quitting, you know, and we just we stayed like that. It became we became kind of the underdog magazine. Like there became kind of a resentment for like the top tier builds. You know what I mean? The ones that are like, oh, this guy's popular. So he works with these brands and there's already a cover waiting for him before he even built the car, like the dollar bills and all that kind of stuff. We were like, man, fuck that. And so we were just very raw, like Honda nissan dope shit people working in their garage on their cars late at night we were kind of the magazine for that guy um and and that's kind of you know i where it was throughout the 2000s at least or the 2000s yeah what do i don't even know what you would call those but yeah fuck you that decade <laughs> i don't know you know and then and then as we got into like the later 2000 teens you know to where we are now it, it's become kind of like this generational thing is how I describe it now because I don't know what label you know back when even in 2010 there was a freaking label like are you like a Honda boy are you a yeah. tuner are you JTM like are you four Mustangs or fuck Mustangs yeah, you know, yeah like yeah, it yeah. was very much like you know you were either them or them kind of a thing and now it's like well shit as we've all kind of gone into our 30s or like now I'm in my early 40s you know and it's like I just like fucking cars mm-hmm. like I always have you know, I still love Hondas to my core because I think they're just so definitive of what tuning's about. Like, I think, like, I say this in the magazine a lot, dude. Like, I don't care what price point you're looking at. Like, people people rag on Hondas because they're inexpensive. And it's like, why are you going to rag on a Honda for that? That is fucking epic. Yeah. Like they, like a Honda has managed to build a car that competes at any price level, a car that gives you like a visceral driving feeling at any price level, and they can do it cheaply. Like how the fuck do you make K-series motors and, and make them affordable? Like you think about what a K-series is. Like I, I think a lot of guys, for example, that are my age, they started with Hondas or Mitsubishis or whatever it was, a lot of them Hondas. They felt like they had to grow up and ended up buying, you know, 
BMWs, Porsches, stuff like nicer cars. But I think that now that they're like 40 or in their late 30s, they're like, yeah, it's definitely a nicer car, but there's still a void yeah. that, that that's not getting filled by that Honda. There's something about that Honda that is unique to Honda. You know what I mean? And like, it's just so raw. Um, there's a driving experience that nobody else can copy in a Honda. I don't care how much money you're spending. Um, so like our magazine is still all about that shit because we will never grow up. I mean, look at me, dude. Like, you know, like it's not, it's not happening. I'm going to mess with these cars till the day I die. And, and as cars get more autonomous, I go even harder yeah. at the analog stuff, you know? Um, but having said that, I have a little girl now. And so I started looking at Jeeps and I'm like, well, they got four doors. So that means they're a family car. Yeah. <laughs> you know? so I was like, I can get that while keeping all my rice shit, yeah. you know, all my fun shit. And then I got super into Jeeps and, you know, yeah. ruined that, <laughs> you know, and then, and then I go, well, crap, that's a pretty bad daily now. Look at this Fiesta ST. That's like all the freaking Hondas, but new, I'm going to get yeah. that, you know, and so I got that and threw a big turbo on that. And so, and at the same time, uh, some, somewhere, if there's a benefit from, you know, car magazine and such, you're so engrossed in the culture that good deals come your way. Good deal came my way on an air-cooled 911, a 79 before Magnus and RWV really yeah. spiked those. But just before, I got real lucky. So I got that car, you know, and so, I mean, because we're an independent magazine, the magazine will always reflect what we're into. We don't have a boss coming in and saying, do this, this, and this. So it's really turned into like a generational thing, yeah. right? Like we started playing with the off-road and testing the waters with like the gateway drugs, the Toyotas and stuff like that, you know, and people freaking loved them. And it goes back to the Hawaii thing. And we were doing like the Island trucks and the old Toyotas and people freaking thought they were dope. And so we were kind of, we're in no way responsible for this overland explosion, but we were on it before we even really knew it was a thing, you know, before we knew that like it was, it, that there was a wave there. And um, so now we're somehow an independent magazine that's pulling off, Everything from Hondas that are swapped and gutted to Jeeps and Toyotas to old shit, older BMWs and, and Euro stuff, you know, and I don't know, somehow it works. And like the rule of magazines is you don't spread yourself that yeah. thin, you know, but somehow we just ignored that. Fuck and, rules. And it works. I think a lot, yeah, fuck the rule. And I think a lot of that is because the people that are our age now are just like, it's not really what you're working on. It's kind of the style that you do it, you know? So like, I don't know, like I want to put, I want to, I want to experience all that shit, you know, yeah. like with a Jeep, for example, I feel like a Jeep is love them or hate them. Like they're so unique to everything automotive. Like a Jeep is a very unique type of vehicle. So as a car enthusiast, it's like you kind of owe it to yourself to experience that. It might not be for you. It might be, but it's really unique. And props to Jeep for still making something that's so kind of true to what it was. I'm in, yeah. you know, and so kind of went that way. And I don't know. I, you know, it, it's, it, that's just what it's, I find myself I, like on a regular basis, I don't really have to define what we are, but then you go to SEMA or something like that, or like this podcast and you're like trying to explain what you do. And it's like, I, I still, I still totally consider us a tuner magazine because that's where we came from. That's our route. But like it really is kind of like a generational thing now. Yeah, it's not really. No, I, I definitely you know, feel you, man. And I, I obnoxious and you know like flamboyant. It, I'm 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 about it. You know what I mean? Like 
just about anything. I love it all. All right, guys, we got to take a quick break for our sponsor, Heel Toe Auto. An important part in buying Honda parts online is making sure that you can trust the company you're dealing with to get you the right parts reliably. You spend a lot of money and you spend a lot of time researching your build. The last thing you want to do is send cash to a website where you may never see it again or worse yet, never see the parts. With Hilto Automotive, an 18-year history and track record is part of the deal. Hilto brings you deep industry connections, professional part recommendations, alternative ideas when the parts aren't available, and will even contact you if something on your order looks out of the ordinary before shipping your stuff. So cool guys, you can actually create a profile on HeelToeAuto.com which will have all your specific info for your build or whatever you're working on. So if you do place an order and uh, they see over at Heeltoe that that's not gonna work for your platform or whatever you're doing, they'll go ahead and contact you and make it right. Heeltoe's unique checkout allows you to select a deadline to receive your parts and make sure you get them on time for your project. You can buy parts online anywhere, but Heeltoe knows what truly matters to an enthusiast, professionalism, swiftness, and accuracy. Heeltoe is in your corner make sure you visit them at heeltoeauto.com or you can call or text 949-295-1668 you guys can check them out on instagram at heeltoe automotive uh just do this right now while you're listening to the podcast shoot them a text 949-295-1668 and just tell them thank you for sponsoring downtime with downstar podcast that would mean a lot to us and uh we appreciate their support back to the show yeah, I, I see a lot of similarities in the way that uh, I did Downstar as well, you know, uh, just first starting it off and kind of just the, the new road that I didn't even know what was down it and just just creating products out of nowhere and trying to see where this is all going, you know, and that gave me so much freedom to just be myself because I wasn't following any other blueprint. I was just doing it how I wanted. And I remember early on having some... Uh, more successful people tell me hey maybe you shouldn't have like drug pictures or what have you and i'm like oh yeah all right cool whatever but the the way thanks for your concern yeah <laughs> but the, the way that i think about it now is like downstar represent represents me and anything that i think is cool or fun so that's what it's gonna be you know and that that's kind of yeah, where i feel that s3 is yeah two follow-up points to that before i forget them all right one I think what's really cool about Downstar is that you built the brand early on in your love for Hondas. I know you had a muscle car. Chevelle yeah, Chevelle. And then you got into Hondas and boom, Downstar was right there. I think that's crucially important. And that's part of why I'm into all cars because I, especially, you know, I'm, what am I like 15 years into like a car magazine now? Like you will get burnt. You know what I mean? Like, and the way I don't get burnt is, I love it all. Like, I love to go out there. You know, when I found off-roading, it was like a surge, man. It was like, mm. holy shit, this is freaking cool. And it brings all the feelings back that you had for Hondas when you first got into Hondas because everything is awesome. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, this is so freaking cool because you're learning stuff again. You know, your brain is stimulated. So I think that's super dope that you started Downstar when like your brain was like really stimulated with all this new, like, what is this import shit? It's awesome. Yeah. Like, it's like toys, you know? And it's like these rowdy little things, you know? And the other thing is, yes, brands these days have totally changed since I feel like a dinosaur and I'm not, right? Uh, you know, like I've only been doing this for 15 years, but I feel like an old guy because I've watched things change. Now a brand is like, Downstar follows you through your life. Yeah. 
and like whatever you are into or are gonna get into is where Downstar's gonna Definitely. go. If you pick up Ultimate Frisbee tomorrow, there will be Downstar Frisbees. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, and that's just the way that brands have become and, and people kind of latch on to the mentality of a brand, I guess, or I don't know. Like there's, you know what I mean? Like there's a connection. It's not, I mean, you sell bolts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, people aren't aren't connected to the bolts. They're connected to like you and your personality and what you do for the culture and even these podcasts and all this kind of stuff. And like they feel a way about it and that's why they buy the bolts. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, man. It's a really weird thing. It, and that's all, that's all the internet. That's all social media has allowed like all these walls to come down on what a brand is, man. You, I mean, you know, the first one was, I guess, Fat Lakes. Mm, yeah, like, yeah, Fat yeah. Fat Lakes was the first one where I was like, or even DTA, you know, um, or yes, yes, status. Yes. I was like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> like, yeah. like these guys are doing literally whatever the fuck they want. He's modding an S14. He's making bicycle gloves. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck? You know, but it, like, it works. It just, I don't know. It, it's the great thing about, you know, there's a lot of shitty things about the internet. One of the great things is it gives us freedom, you know, to do that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, I think people just, um, you know, overcomplicate things and, and business and demographics and business yeah. names and things like that. But, I mean, if you have a product to offer and people think it's cool, like, that's that's really all you need. And then if you get to that point where your actual brand becomes cool, people like the logo or what it represents – why can't you just dive into anything else? That's the way that I thought about it. Like, you know, I have a water bottle. I wish this water bottle was a Downstar water bottle. I'm sure so many other people that have water bottles. Yeah, exactly. See, would wish that they had a, a, a Downstar one instead of like a Target brand or something. Because this represents who I am. Everything that I have, everything that I wear, everything that I buy, drive, this represents who I am. I know that that's how people think. So me as a business owner... I'm going to be, okay, well, if that's the kind of stuff that you want, we're going to make Downstar clothes or Downstar whatever, you know? And we're um, we're going to be having a baby in February. And yeah, thank you, brother. I appreciate it, man. And I'm going to make a Downstar line of baby clothes. Like, why not? I don't have anybody to answer to. I don't have anybody to ask. And that's kind of the beautiful thing of just being a grassroots company, you know, such as yourself, man. Um, You know, one thing that I wanted to get into, which was kind of uh, where we first started connecting, was um, when you guys did that Skunk 2 ad. So um, I remember you guys did the Skunk 2. I think it was a couple, if I'm not mistaken, kind of on the way more edgy side of things. And I was just like, you know what? I would never, ever see this kind of article in any magazine. But it's in this one. This is is crazy, man, but this is exciting. So tell me about, like, making those sort of decisions and if there was any any kickback to it. I mean, dude, there was a a time, and this is no knock against Skunk 2 now, uh, but there was a time in, like, 2011 – where there was just a really sweet spot. They had a really cool staff. They had Aaron yeah. Bach, Joe Schneider, you know, like a, a bunch of these dudes. And I don't know, man, we came to California a couple times and hung out with them and, and just kicked it. You know what I mean? Just party with them and, and hung out at their house and stuff and had a great time. And it just spawned shit, you know, it just spawned ideas. And um, yeah, they were running ads with us that were like, definitely the parental advisory version of what they were running like super street. Like, but there was one 
the one that stands out was the dude. He looked kind of Hawaiian. Yeah. He, I don't think he was. I don't know what he was. He was like this big dude. He had like little pasties over his nipples, no shirt on. And he was just like giving two fingers. And I think these said like, haters going to hate or something. Or maybe the ad said haters going to hate. I don't know. But he I had just this saw big it. Wig and the, this big grin. And he was like, we we're like, fuck yes, we'll run it. And then there was one where at the time, Skunk 2 was getting pissy because people were ripping off their whatever, yeah. their, their shit. And so they made an ad just in huge letters that said, fuck fighters. Yeah. And we're like, yep, we'll run it. And they were like, yes, we knew you would. Super Street wouldn't run this shit. And we're like, dude, we're in. But I don't know, man. That's just the way, at, you know, it was probably to our detriment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I know we ran a lot of people off with our bullshit. You think um, so? As far as advertisers. Oh, as far as advertisers, maybe. There's some advertisers that just couldn't take the joke. You know, there's always going to be the people that are like, it's too edgy. Yeah. And our thing was like, the culture's edgy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're trying you're trying to market to this group. This is what this group is. This is like, you know, we always tried to be like the 90s skater magazine or whatever. You yeah. know, like, we're not polished. It's not what it is. That's not the reality. Um, but, you know, back then we had the guys, well, you were one of them with your eating noodles or ramen and counting money and there's like a gun in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember the details. But like, dude, I swear to God, these ads did so much more than maybe sell some parts. Like, there are people right now that are 30 that were like, holy shit, that's like why I got into yeah. cars. Like, I was 18 at the time or whatever and, and I saw that and I was just like, in. You know, because it was the culture that was just like skateboarding. Yeah. It's the culture that... It brings people in the skateboard or the car. It's just the ticket in. Like nobody cares. Like great, you got a car, cool, making good for you. But like, you know what I mean? Like, like that's not what it's all. It's, it's about the whole camaraderie and the culture or whatever. So I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I deal with that a lot today. You know, with print basically and and 2020. You know, fighting with the internet and all that kind of shit. And it's just like, man, it's not that print doesn't work. It's that y'all are making pussy yeah. ads yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like like man up make a goddamn ad that people remember and they'll remember it you know what i mean that's you can't ah, i don't know we somehow fell into a we're, we're in a thing right now and it's been like whatever eight years we're like everything's got to be clean super clean let's just make a clean ad let's do this clean i'm like fuck clean you, know you mean I mean as far as advertisers wise as far as overall design gotcha. overall branding overall everything is very clean like the the whatever the instagram pages with the most followers yeah. are clean this clean that clean designs you know and it's just i don't know i mean that's cool it, it is cool but it's not the way everything has to be when everything goes that way it gets diluted you forget what's what and who's who and this just adds in a magazine or it's just logos on a shirt you know what i mean um i think it's cool that everybody's you know stand out like again not to just pat you on the back because I'm doing a podcast with you, but like Downstar is Downstar. Like it's not a ripoff of anything else. It doesn't really look like anything else. It doesn't go against the trends or with the trends. It's just kind of what it yeah. is. You know what I mean? Like you got your own kind of look going. I think that's kind of the way, it, you know, I, I like that kind of stuff better personally. Yeah, no, me too, man. And I really wish that people would open up a little more. You know, I, lo I know a lot of people in the community very personally. And I kind of think like, man, if you would show a little more of, of your real self to the public, maybe you would do better, you know, but I'm sure yeah. 
them looking at me and seeing some of those, those 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 ads that I did in the past or some of my content or whatever, I'm sure that they think of it in a certain way. But at the end of the day, I'm still happy doing what I like to do. I could print whatever I want. I can make whatever I want. And that's like ultimate freedom. And then having people that actually like it and then subscribe to what we're doing or, you know, even the, the, the whole podcast stuff. Like this is just something yeah. that I just wanted to do. So I, I just took the same principles from starting a business. Okay, well, what do I need to do to start a podcast? This is what I need. This is how I get it up. That's all I needed. Anything else after that, I'm gone. You know, I'm, I'm going to figure it out my own way. I'm going to learn how to have conversations my own way because I want this to be as organic as possible. You know, maybe if I shortened episodes or edited more or just stuck to a certain demographic and we only talked about cars, horsepower, torque, speed, times, things like that, it might be a lot more popular. But at the end of the day, what does any of that even matter? What does it matter if S3 becomes the new Super Street if S3 loses its essence of what it really is? So that's what I'm trying to hold on to as much as I can. Yeah, dude. I mean, like that. It's really hard, dude, because I'm just let me try and get my thoughts in 2020. Everything's about numbers. There is such a pressure for numbers, um, whether you're doing a podcast or a YouTube video or whatever Facebook page or Instagram, I guess, is what the kids are using now. I don't know. But, but um, you know what I mean? There's always that. It, it's basically cocaine, man. Like the numbers, you know, like you got to have the numbers to feel good. Then they go away and you need them again. You know, and it's just like I, I, we've never been S3. I think I've already said it. Like we've never been the biggest. Yeah. Like and that's always kind of bothered me, to be honest, you know, because we're always like scrapping. And it's like, well, fuck, man, how long? Do we have to scrap before we start actually climbing? You know, and then I kind of realized, shit, if I can be an old dude with dreads at some SEMA show, you know, in some tank or something, talking to some buddies, that's success. I don't care if I've, you know, whatever, made it to be the biggest magazine. If, like, I can enjoy this life, you know, I think I'm living success and I don't realize it because I'm always measuring or whatever. You know, you're always – because, I mean, like – S3 is still a struggle, you know, print is a struggle. It used to be we were fighting, you know, Modified and Super Street and all these dudes who are always bigger. And now it's freaking Hoonigan yeah. and Tona. And, these, you know, these guys are just giant on YouTube. And we're always this scrappy little magazine or whatever. But, like, I think when you look back on it, you're going to be like, dude, it was, it was fucking success. Like, these are the days of our lives. We were having a fucking blast. So, I don't know, man. You, you just got to do what what the hell makes you happy, yeah. man. That's what it's, it's kind of what it's all about, you know? Um, last year, last spring, I don't know if you even know, but we got that deal uh, with a company called Motivicity, uh-huh. who is really big but very behind the scenes. They sell, well, let me explain. They sell parts, aftermarket parts, to the shops. So when somebody takes their car to the shop and they're like, uh, we can do this, this, and this, and then get your car on the dyno, they basically call Motivicity or turn 14 um, and get the parts from them. Well, last year, I'm trying to like tell this in chronological order. Basically, there's no more Motivicity because they got bought by turn mm-hmm. 14, their biggest competitor. 
But last year there was still a Motivicity, and uh, the CEO of, of Motivicity was always kind of a mentor um, of S3 and and a, and a fan of S3, I guess, and, and supported us and stuff like that. And he was like, dude, what I freaking love about you guys are your you fucking punk rock. Like it doesn't matter whether there's a thousand people that subscribe to your magazine or whether there's a hundred thousand, you're gonna do what the fuck you're gonna do. He's like, I love it, dude. It's just, as a, as a CEO, as a guy that has to deal with everybody's bullshit in this aftermarket and all the sales pitches, like it's just so freaking cool because that's what it's kind of about. Yeah. And we ended up doing a huge deal with him, dude. Like basically last year, long story short, we built a Type R um, with Motivicity. Uh, we drove it across the country like three times, put it in different events, you know, and, and did video and all that shit. And at the end of the year, we had to sell it for a dollar to Motivicity where it was going to stay in there. They've got a garage and, and one concourse in Detroit, which is like a country club with a racetrack. Um, Super Street also did it uh, with an Evo. Gotcha. And, uh, and so we were <laughs> like, I, I'm not hanging Super Street out there, but he was like, dude, I could tell that this really became your year you like you really made this a part of who y'all were for super street it was a contract that they were fulfilling you know or whatever so he's like and i was like well you know you could give us the type r and super street Devo next year <laughs> he's like it's like that's bull he's like but i guess we'll we'll talk and so we were on the verge of that like he this year he had said this was before corona and before they got bought he said Hey yo, send me like a, a deck, a proposal to get the Evo and and the um, Type R back, and then you guys can just go balls to the walls with them this year, you know. And uh, we were working on that, and then Motivicity got bought, and the whole thing kind of went silent. Yeah. And I was like, damn, did I piss this dude off? <laughs> like I hope not, you know. Like, and uh, and then turns out they had gotten bought. And then he hit me up um, a couple months ago and was like, yo. Uh, I put in a word for you. If you want the Evo and the Type R, it's basically two for one, you know? And he was like, but you got to come get them from Detroit. It's on you, and I got to know soon. And uh, and Mike ended up buying it. I called Mike, and I was like, listen, somebody's doing this because we're not going to say no because he stuck his yeah. neck out for us, and this is like we're basically getting a free Evo if we get the Type R, you know? And uh, And I was like, so one of us are doing it. If I do it, the money's coming from S3 one way or another. <laughs> I was like, you can do your stock thing or move something <laughs> around and make this happen. And he was like, I'm on it. And so he ended up buying the cars. So now we have them. They're technically Sick. his. But yeah, we got both of those cars back, which is a long, pointless story. I don't know why I told Dude, it. Dude, two for one, that's a the... fucking deal, bro. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was like, bro, you can sell the evo and have a ten thousand dollar ctr wow but yeah so now right now mike's got a uh ctr he's got the evo super street yeah. evo which makes it just a little <laughs> bit better and uh and and he's got that supercharged mustang sick he's got a lot of freaking muscle in his driveway right hell there. yeah Man, Mike's a good guy, dude. He's a he's a hustler too, bro. It would always be so hard for me to say no to him, but just at, at times it's like advertising. It wasn't it wasn't really in my budget because I took care of all the advertising. You know, I did guerrilla advertising from fucking the beginning, just on it. But he was just so persistent, not pushy, just great person to That's work what people, with. Yeah. A lot of people say that, dude. They're, you know, we'll see, we'll see these advertisers at the big trade shows and stuff, and they're like, dude, just thank you 
thank you for being persistent because my mind's in yeah. other places and thank you for doing it without being pushy. Like it means a lot. And like, it, we don't know shit about how to sell ads. It's not like we worked with Super Street or Hot Rod or any of these magazines. We don't know the tricks. We're not Barracudas. You know yeah. what I mean? We, we're really bad at even putting together plans. You know, like I'm sure Super Street's like, well, we're going to give you blah, 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 and this many impacts and this and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. you're just kind of like, oh, that sounds like a lot of numbers. <laughs> okay. And we're not like, that's not how we are. Like we do our business based off of just friendships and relationships, yeah. man. And, and that's kind of how it is. But... Yeah, dude. I mean, Mike's the dude. Like I, these days, as much as possible, stay away from it because because we are small. It gets super kind of. I don't want to blur the yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to. I don't want people to avoid me as an editor because they think I'm going to try and bait and switch them and sell some sort of advertising. That's not what it's about. But at the same time, you got to freaking survive. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, like that's the, that's what I keep saying is like as a print magazine. Media is free now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like people get their media for free. Subscription, paying for a, a, a car magazine is be getting more and more foreign to people, um, especially the younger guys, because we're competing with, you know, say Donut and Hoonigan, for example. They're throwing stuff out there for free. People are sucking it up. They're stumbling on it. You know what I mean? On their on on Facebook mm -hmm. or whatever it is. Print's not like that. You, you know what I mean? Like, you don't stumble on it every day. It's not free. We're sending you a product. There's a cost. You know, I wish it was free. Trust me, I'm trying to figure out how to unlock that cheat. You know, it's yeah. like, how can we get this for free to people? Because we believe in what we say. And again, like, I mean, dude, there's a million ways to get cars out there, you know, whatever, as media today. So it's not so much about the cars, but like, I think that S3, without bragging, I think that S3's like value is the way we say it. You know what I mean? Like I, we really try and remind people of why they're in this, to overcome the shit times, to maybe not listen even to their fucking parents or these people that don't understand, or these people that are telling them to go this way or grow up or join the rat. Yeah. You know, like we're that one voice, that one little thread that's like, dude, we understand where you're coming from. You know, and we understand that they don't. We understand what that is inside you, that you've got to do this. You know what I mean? So, like, I think that that's our value. Um, it's just really hard to compete with free when you have a cost associated with it. What's up, guys? It's me again. We got to pay some more bills. Big shout out to our sponsor, Action Clutch. One of the most critical parts to any build is the clutch. Without a proper clutch, you won't be able to get that power to the wheels. No one wants to spend hundreds of dollars on a clutch that won't hold their power for more than a few races or spirited drives. That's why it's important to go with a kit that you can count on. And that's why most people choose Action Clutch over the competition. Action Clutch makes kits here in the USA with materials sourced locally in Los Angeles. Really cool company, family company. Uh, shout out to Eric. He's um, he's taking the reins of the business and he's killing it, man. And they even have their own wrap company. Make sure you guys check them out. Um, they have kits to support up to 1200 horsepower and they can be found from streetcars to drag cars to even formula drift vehicles. Not only are the clutches made in the USA, they've made a strong focus this year to give back a percentage of sales 
to the community during these hard times, providing impacted families with groceries and other necessities. Really, really cool of them, man. Shout out to Action Clutch. If you guys need to contact them, you can hit them up at actionclutch.com. Or if you want to give them a call, you could call them at 323-269-6051. Or you can even DM them on Instagram at Action Clutch or email sales at actionclutch.com. Either of those ways, you guys can hit them up and they will take care of you and get you what you need. Back to the show. But yeah. I, I mean, what, what S3 does bring to the table is just, uh, like you're saying, just that, that grassroots, that, that feeling like these guys really do it. These guys really write these articles. They really understand that they're really about this shit. And there's so much value to that because even though how big all these other publications are and media companies are, when I see these guys, I don't see a wooly. You know, I see somebody playing a character. They understand how this character works, what this character, what people want to see and what's going to get clicks. But if it came down to like, you know, down to the end, like, yo, guys, we got to go do something. Are you going to pick them or are you going to pick them? They're like, no, I'm going to pick these guys because these guys are really the ones who I want to just sit down with and have a fucking beer. Maybe these guys are the ones I'll take a picture with to get some likes or something. But... Like, you guys bring such a, like you say, the punk rock feeling of it, dude. Like, don't ever lose that. And that's that's what I try to well, hold like, on to forever, you know? Dude, like, the Hoonigan dudes are rad. Like, Danger Dan is rad. Like, Nads is, like, my idol <laughs> as far as, like, a career goes. You know what I mean? Actually, more than a career. He's just my yeah. idol. Like, he's just an awesome Nads is dope. an awesome dude. But, like, there's different kinds of media. And, like, just because... You know, there's that does not mean that there's not a place you, you've got feel good media, you know, where you watch shit and it's freaking awesome and it's high energy and it's burnouts or what it's whatever. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's highly shared and stuff like that. You got like us, which is kind of like the I don't know, we try and kind of hit on a personal level media or whatever. And we try and inspire, you know, we try and get you to finish the bill. We try and say, fuck the system, you know, and fuck all this. And like you do you. We're trying to be that little voice that like kind of like. Yeah you know, keep that, that reassures people. Um, you know, then you have that slick media, like the Instagram type, just slick pages or whatever. And a lot of it's based around the brand and selling a shirt or whatever. Like there's different kinds and it's all got a place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Nads actually has said something to me. It wasn't to me. It was actually, I don't know, to one of those freaking live things or whatever. Um, but I was standing there with him and we were doing an interview and they were like, he was like, yo, yo, people always say like support print. He's like, fuck that support good media. <laughs> like it doesn't like if it's printed, it's printed. If it's a podcast, it's a podcast. If it's a video, it's a video, just support the good yeah. shit. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, at the end of the day, I don't think, I don't think the fact that like Ken Block makes a, a video thrashing a fiesta or whatever, and it gets 10 million views, like that's great. But it, it doesn't take away from like us hitting like one guy right in his heart mm -hmm. and that guy going, fuck yes, I'm in this for life and I'm going to start a bolt company. Yeah, please don't. Yeah, you affect people in different ways though. You know what I mean? So I think it's all got its value. You know, I think anybody listening, like whatever you guys want to do, it's got its value, man. Just make sure you're, you're going the way that your heart is. And that's kind of goes back to what we were talking about with Downstar and you having a kid and now you're going to make baby stuff. You have to go like where your passion and your energy and your heart is or, or 
And I think people appreciate that. If you don't, you get burned. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, definitely, man. And, you know, I, I can totally attest to what you're saying about the uh, the views and things like that. You know, we do. this is episode 205 of the podcast. I've been doing it since September, I think August 2018, you know, and still our videos are getting like 300, 400 views, you know. And on one end, I'm just like, fuck, man, when is this? When is this going to start picking picking up? When are the numbers going to come in? <laughs> yeah. But then I'll check my DMs and it shows somebody sharing it and they're listening in their garage while they're wrenching on their car. Right now, somebody is yep. listening to this while they're working on their car. And guys, if you are, please yeah. just share that to us because that's what that's what reels me in. It's like it's yeah. it's happening, dude. It's happening. Maybe it's yeah. not happening on the scale you want, the numbers or what have you, but people are listening. They're on their drives. They're on their morning commutes. They're working on their cars. They're chilling with their friends. And these conversations that we're having, hopefully, is planting some seed in one person. And then that's all worth it, you know? Yeah, totally, dude. Like, that's like the measure of success for me. Some dude comes up and was like, yo, I caught this thing that you did. I'm, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, holy shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and they're like, dude, like, like freaking it hit me, you know? It like changed. I quit the job and I did. And I'm like, holy shit. Like you did that because of you know me. Like maybe you shouldn't have done that. You know, but it's like no. But like seriously, I'm like hell yes, dude. Yeah. The fact that somebody that I said what somebody need to hear in the moment that they need to hear it is freaking epic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's kind of like what I thrive you're, on. So. You're trying to uh, get people to drink the Kool Aid, but then you're kind of surprised <laughs> when they do. You're like, oh shit, it worked. <laughs> like yeah, it worked yeah, just yeah, like yeah. you said. I'm like oh damn, that's. That's cool, but it's yeah, it's dude. exciting, man. You know, and you you just got to keep things exciting because, like you said, bro, you could just get burnt out doing the same thing. You know, chasing numbers each month. We're trying to get more and more and more numbers. It's like okay, so when yeah. you get there, what? Just like you were saying with your college friends, I'm gonna go make money. Okay, and then what? I'm I'm gonna keep making more money. Okay, and then what? It. You know, I'm gonna buy whatever I yeah. want. Okay, and then what? But if you've yeah. never been to that point where the and then what you don't have any idea but once you get to that point where all the bills are paid for you have all the stupid shit you want and then you still don't feel like fulfilled that's a scary place to be at man and then that i feel like that's the that's the next evolution of growing up is figuring like wow all this thing that society told me that i was gonna be fulfilled with it's not i fucked all these girls yeah I have all this money. I've done all these drugs or what I have everything. It's like, man, I still I felt better when I didn't have anything. So it kind of makes you evaluate yeah. things. You know, which Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, like well, one, I've never been there because <laughs> I've never <laughs> had everything and then felt empty. You know what I mean? Like I love everything about everything about my life. I could use more cash. That would be yeah. sick. Like it's never like I've never just had stacks of cash. I don't know what that's like. I got a totally rad job with a ton of perks that gives me a really fucking cool lifestyle with a ton of freedom. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, whatever, you know, like that's that's enough. Um, I don't, Dude, I had a train of thought and I just freaking forgot it. Damn it. It was going to be good, too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I'm trying to remember what I was going to say. Like. Fuck, where was it? I don't know. I'll get it back in a second if you got any other questions. I'm sure it'll hit me. Yeah, again. no, it's just, um, you know, maybe it's it's just you as a person that you're very appreciative for the smaller things. And I think that that's 
one of the the downfalls with with me as a person and i don't know if that's because of where i'm from the culture that i grew up in or you know even the california lifestyle you know you want more and more and more and more everything is is more but you know this this point that i get to in my life is like damn the more stuff i go the more responsibilities that i have i have so many cars what if i had to just pick up and go i can't i have so much thing just weighing me down and it'll be nice just to have you know one nice car a nice enough house where it's you you can maintain it and okay i'm good right now but it, you, it's with me at least it's that internal battle of you know appreciate what you have right now but you got to keep yeah. going out you got to keep hustling that's why it came back to me when i just forgot like the materialism in the car world bothers yeah. me like that is kind of one regret that i have because you know as i kind of whatever grew as a person grew spiritually spiritually all this kind of stuff it's like fuck what are we doing like we're fucking with show off shit with material shit you know and like i kind of struggle with that a little bit and if i ever did burn out which i didn't that's probably kind of how it was gonna burn out because i was like is there any depth to this other than trying to be fucking cool and impress boys on the internet. You know what I mean? Like, but, but then that's where the magazine started to find its voice. And I began to realize, no, man, it's just the fucking glue. Like the car, that's why I'm not attracted to those pretentious type cars, like exotics. I think I've came to the conclusion that they don't fucking do it for Mm. me. And if they did, it would be an older one with like a gated. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like the cool, like, impressing people i'm not about it that's the way i'm kind of weird about hondas you know that's why we've had those talks before about like hondas are like this awesome raw affordable cool way to really like just enjoy like what driving is like don't put like so many categories on it like you have to do it like this and like this and like this and these jdm no just do it the way you want to do it it's a canvas yeah like you know what i mean like you don't have to impress anybody with this fuck them like, I don't, you know, like, I don't, I don't give a I'm, shit. I don't drive a CRX to impress anybody. Fuck yeah. them. You know, I drive it because I just want to go have a blast. Um, I got a friend, a hippie friend uh, that I went to high school with that was a good buddy, ended up moving out to Denver. And we were talking one day and he was like, you know, we we're talking about success and turning 40 and this kind of shit and where we're at with our lives compared to some of these other people. Cause I went to a private mm. school, you know, very strict. That's probably why I'm you know, rebel. Uh, <laughs> yeah. that's why. Rebe- but anyway, we were talking about kind of what success is. And he was like, bro, I would rather drive my 95 lifted pathfinder to the mountain bike park every day than sit in a goddamn, you know, new Mercedes in traffic. You know, he's like, that's just where I'm at. He's like, for me, that's success. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I've just come to that place. So I don't know, man, if you're listening, you got to figure out what the fuck success is. Yeah. You know, the the whole world, America tells you it's one thing, you know, but is it, you know, and does it make you immature to, to go against it? You know, I deal with that a lot, a lot of like, well, yeah, but when are you going to grow up? It's like, bitch, I'm fucking grown up. (laughs) You know? Yeah. I've I've been thinking about, I would say that you're the one that's not fucking thinking, you know, like, you know, I kind of know what I want. I know what's valuable to me, you know? And, and yeah, I mean, yeah, I've thought about that money. It would be great, but it would probably just kill me. I've, like if I had a lot of money, I would 
die doing some dumb shit. <laughs> like, that's kind of the way we go. Yeah, it's so funny how people think about, you know, age and growing up and, and being mature and stuff. And really all it is is if you're just taking care of your responsibilities. If you can, can mm-hmm. take care of your responsibilities, you're an adult. And that's it. You know, anything else that comes after that, I mean, whatever's fun to you, whatever was fun to you as a kid, it doesn't mean that it's not fun just because you're an adult now. It's maybe you just let too much of other people's influences into your life, you know, and and that really came back to me when I started skateboarding uh, again last year with my son. You know, I'm already, I was 34 at the time. I'm just, I'm a father. I'm a business owner and shit. What am I doing out skateboarding? Once I got on that skateboard, I'm like, dude, let's go roll, bro. And we go to the skate park and it feels like I'm skating with my friend again. It's not like I'm the dad. That's the son. Got the headphones on. We're going, we'll play skate together and shit. And we'll have like mutual friends at the skate park and stuff. And it's just like, (laughs) you know, somebody else who's who's a 35 year old and maybe they took a different path in life a realtor or something like that you know maybe they look at me and like dude when are you gonna grow up but then i'm like look at my my world that i've built this is pretty grown up bro like what else do you fucking Uh, want from me you know yeah 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 man i i i think it's a freaking sin that in our culture like so much is based around your age and where you're at at that age financially it's bullshit. Yeah. Like, first of all, age is kind of bullshit. And a lot of cultures, people really uh, respect people that, you know, are older. They get wisdom or whatever. Like, I, I just, we put too much on yeah. age. Like, there's too much of like, oh, man, you need to settle down. And it's like, the fuck I don't. If I settle down, I'll break down. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. like, I, like, I think it's it's crucial to like for you to be on a skateboard, for me to be wake surfing or mountain biking or whatever. Like, it's crucial to just keep that frame of mind. Never think that you're too old to freaking do something because that'll cripple your ass, man. Like, it's just not, it's not good. Yeah. It's not good. And Atlanta's real bad about that. That's part of the reason I don't like it. Atlanta's very like, what's the word? Yuppie. It's very like, oh man, you got to fall into this role and stop wearing them bright colors and, you know, do this and let's. You got to be like, what's that guy's name? Uh, Chris Chrisley? Oh, yeah. Dude, that guy's I love that shit. dude. <laughs> yeah, dude, he's awesome. But, oh, yeah. yeah, no, definitely, man. You know, I I love your spirit, bro. I love your uh, you know, your punk rock spirit. Just do whatever you want, and it would be a beautiful world if there was more of that. But what I really feel like it is 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 people are insecure with themselves, and um, you know, not to say it's a bad thing because I was insecure with myself for so long, but I just had to take a step back and like, look, who am I trying to impress? Who, what would make me the happiest right now? Being myself or having all these people like me for, you know, an image that I'm putting off. And I, I struggled with that so much, you know, but it just took trying to, trying to dial everything in and tweak everything. And, you know, I make a mistake here, you know, I did something, but I wasn't proud of it, but everybody online was like, oh yeah, go Frank, you, you got him or whatever, but back in in the other side i'm just like damn i wish i didn't even have to go through any of this shit just just leave me alone let me be you know but then trying to put on this bravado online and it's just man after after a while i said you know what fuck all that dude if if you don't like me for who i am that's good you know i want people to like me for who i am what i have to bring to the table and my 
my way of thinking about things rather than just liking me because of my cars, my my lifestyle or what have you, you know? And uh, in this industry, there's a lot of that, man. You know, when, you, when you're the yeah. popular one, everybody's going to follow you. But when, when you hit a bump in the road, which everybody's going to hit a bump in the road, then you get to see who really has your back. And it makes you evaluate things yeah. and think like, man, I was, I was looking up to this person who's not even really a good person or a good example of a person, but they have all of yeah. these cool things. But then there's this other person who maybe doesn't have all that, doesn't have all that clout, but I'd way rather hang out with that person instead, you know? So it kind of like switched my mind to the way that I think about things a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And like anybody listening to this, that's, you know, in that, whatever, in that age bracket or that transition point where you're trying to figure shit out, you know, you got the world pulling you one way and your heart pulling you another way, man, figure that shit out now. Fight it. You know what I mean? Because, like, dude, uh, you know, I mean, my my entire 20s, once I got S3, was a fucking struggle, you know, and trying to figure out if you're doing the right thing or whatever. And then, but I kind of set these these standards or routines or wherever where you you, you kind of really just, you figured out who you were and who you were not going to be. You know, and I always tell people now, if the magazine fails today... Like, there's no going back. You know, there's only forward. You'll find something else to do. First of all, the magazine only fails when you give mm-hmm. up. You yeah, know definitely. When you just lose, lose the fight or whatever. Um, but if it does, you know, everybody's like, well, I got to have that fallback. No, you don't. Because the further you push, the fallbacks take care of themselves. You know, you meet people, you network, you do things like, I would hope that if the magazine were just absolutely ripped away from me today, that somebody would be like, Yo, could you want to come work with me to do? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. It's gonna be okay. Um, I think that when you're in your 20s, as probably I'm guessing a lot of people listening are, like, you get a lot of pressure. Like, man, I should give this shit up, the dream or whatever, and I need to get a fucking job because I need to get out of the house or I need to get you buy a house and stop renting or whatever it is. You know, like, yeah, that's cool, but fight as long as you damn can, dude, because it's gonna get harder and harder and harder as you get older. Uh, because if you do go get that job and you do go like buy that house, you get married to the money, the income that you're making and, and it takes all your time and it gets harder and harder and pretty soon you've totally lost the direction you wanted to go and there's no going back. You can't do it then when you're you know married to car payments and houses and all that kind of stuff. So um, anyway, yeah, if you're that dude that's wrenching on their car listening to this right now you know, and you've got that little struggle going on, I'd say freaking – Fight it. Figure out who you are. Figure out what's important. Is it money? Is it lifestyle? Is it, you know, just overall happiness or whatever? And go for yeah. that. And, and and you know, like I said, you don't fail until you fucking quit. Yeah. You might fall down. You know what I mean? But you just keep pushing, dude. And eventually you push through. You know what I mean? And then when you get to like our age now, you earn it. Yeah. You know, now when I go hang out with all like the straight laced people from college or whatever, it's just like after a couple beers, they're like, Fuck, man. You fucking got it figured out. I'm like, I don't have shit figured out. Like, yeah. I just I just keep, you know, pushing or whatever. Yeah. Like, so. Just uh, keep on keeping on like Joe Dierte, man. You just got to keep it going. Yeah. yeah, dude. That dude has good. Yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, man. You know, I've I've heard so many stories from guests that we've had on the podcast and it's just you know they started with the smallest thing and just 
kept going for it, just kept doing it and stayed focused on that one thing. And no matter what anybody said, anybody's opinion, they just kept going for it. And now there's so many amazing companies out there from CEOs that just start out like that. So anybody listening right now, it's not one of those things. It's not a luck thing. You can do it. Whatever you're into, you can do it. And you just got to stay focused, man. But, um, yeah. It's, it's definitely hard For sure. but uh fuck yeah dwilly i love your uh outlook on everything man very oh, very you. cool dude so it's pretty much just a product of being in deep shit for like, for like 10 years eventually you're like you know what the stress is gonna kill me so fuck it all right guys thank you for listening to downtime with downstar we got to take one more break for our sponsor manscaped support for downtime with downstar is brought to you by manscaped who is the best in men's below the waist grooming manscaped offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels and they just launched in the uk guys so if you're out in england you can get hooked up as well you can get this performance package 3.0 which comes with so much gear right here we got the we got the t-shirt we got the uh, the boxers right here. The boxers are lit, man. And we got some of this uh, this ball deodorant. This is a huge one, especially for those long days grinding out. And then when you're ready, you got the uh, the ball toner, the reviver. You know, get those balls. It's a couple different shades. Biggest thing right here is the lawnmower 3.0. This thing is sick, man. It's 7,000 RPMs, 90 minute battery life, LED light. Listen listen to the power on that one, man. Back in the day, I used to have to use my Pops clippers, and uh, it was it was a really uh, weird interaction. You know, I had to sneak those out, and I would have to sneak in the closet, plug it in, and have the extension cord going. And then I didn't have the Lawnmower 3.0, and I didn't have this LED, so I'm just doing it with, like, a candle inside of my closet, trying to, uh, trying to trim down, you know? Um, now life is so much easier. You got the lawnmower 3.0 you got the charger joint right here you got the little charger block it comes with the uh, the cable right here man this kit comes with everything the perfect package 3.0 this is what you guys are gonna want and it even oh this is so sick right here guys this is something that i want to implement for downstar it has like a newsletter and it's an actual it's an actual newspaper if you guys are just listening make sure you check us out on youtube.com slash so you can check out this manscape kit it even shows you how to shave your balls right here and it comes with a sick tote bag for the traveling that we are not doing this year i haven't left anywhere since january but as soon as i do i'm going to be taking this lawnmower 3.0 these boxes this is pretty much going to be my runaway kit so next time me and ash get in a fight i'm just going to dip out just with my just with my manscape kit and i'm outro love you babe just kidding but uh, if you guys want to get hooked up by manscape just go to manscape.com use check out code dtwd get 20 percent off plus free shipping this is very very important guys and this could very well be the reason why you are single so if you want somebody to be next to you in the bed hug you to even care about you tell you that you're beautiful tell you that you they love you you're gonna need one of these guys right here once again check it out manscape.com use code dtwd 20 percent off free shipping and let's finish out the show <laughs> hey it's good though man it's good to have a lot of stress it's good to have a plate that's full you know because you you learn how to deal with all of those problems at the same time and however however low you get you're gonna be like ah i've been here before you know i know (laughs) i know how to maneuver here it's gonna be okay 
And as long as you have that mentality yeah. that it's going to be okay, let me just fight, you know, one day at a time. That's, um, you know, that's, that's the winning, the winning spirit. And you think about like so many people that go down the wrong path and go down and start doing drugs and things like that. And then they manage to get out of that because they realize, yo, this is the lowest, lowest, lowest point yeah. that I've ever been that most people never even feel this low point. So when yeah. I go to you and you're like, oh, dude, I don't know how I'm going to pay my light bill. You're like, light bill? I was sucking dick for <laughs> crack. What the fuck you mean a light bill, bro? Like, don't worry about it, yeah. you know? And yeah. then you're just living like shameless. Yeah. But <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's true, man. yeah, man, everybody has it in them. I love it, Willie. It's, it's very motivating, man. So let me ask you this. Where do you see S3 going in the future? And where, if everything worked out how you wanted to, what would S3 become as a company, not just the magazine? <laughs> uh, Jonathan, what is your five-year plan? <laughs> yeah, I ain't got one of those. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to sound like, like Brian Earl Spillner, like the respect is a big yeah. thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like at the end of a career, like if it, you know, if I was an old dude at the SEMA show or whatever, and like what I had done, it kind of like motivated people or inspired people or whatever, you know, helped the industry. Like, I think that's super yeah. cool. Like I said, it's not really about numbers. I'm not the kind of guy that sits around and has a plan. I probably should be that guy a little bit more. Um, print is obviously people always say I'm romantic about print and I'm like, yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so like print is at the core of kind of, of our little brand or whatever, you know, and like, I don't want to stop printing. I think that there's, there's just something with print that, that you don't get from the internet. Not that the internet doesn't have its strengths, obviously. Um, you know, it's faster. You can count it you can share it easily stuff like that but there's something about just print and reading print that is very like fuck the world like it's it's all out here you know you're like you're on your screen and everything is coming in and distracting you and the ads for freaking one-wheeled scooter shit because i don't know why that's always <laughs> on my news but you know what I mean? like everything's distracting you from trying to get in the moment yeah. And that's 2020 in a nutshell is nobody's in the fucking moment. Everybody's distracted. Like print is a very in the moment thing. And even the ads, you're reading the ads and you're like, oh, fuck yeah. You know what I mean? Like whereas online, you're like, fuck. Get out of here. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like when you read a magazine, you basically said, okay, fuck the world for a minute. I'm in this, you know, and like doing this on your screen is not like that. It's very like distracted. You're in the bank trying to like pass time or something while you're waiting. Like it's just different. I believe in print. I believe even if you can't calculate results, I think it hits people differently. It hits them kind of in their heart. Um, perfect example. I gave this example last week. I was doing a thing with SEMA, like uh, back before Corona hit, like so it must have been like February or something like that. I was at Barnes and Noble because my mom was with my little girl looking at, you know, toys or whatever. And I was in the magazine rack and there was a bicycle. I'm into bicycles. So there's a bicycle magazine and um it was like a road bike magazine, which I'm not really into, but it was their gravel edition. Now gravel is like a road bike with bigger tires and they go ride them like freaking across the country or they just, it's like go anywhere for anything. And so like the photography was epic because it was a lot of like grit and 
wetness and dirt and stuff like that. And I was reading this thing and it reminded me a lot of S3. The finish was real nice. It was a good magazine. You could tell it was independent. And I was reading the thing from the editor and like, we're like kindred spirits, mm. you know, like the little editor was just like, he's like 45 minutes a day, man. That's all I need. 45 minutes a day on my bike. Fuck the world. It's me and the bike. That's my therapy. And I was like getting goosebumps. I was like, dude, this fucking guy is like me with bikes and I with cars or whatever, you know, but like me also with bikes and like, I'm like in his mind, yeah. you know, and like, I mean, you know, a couple of weeks later, Corona hit and everybody was kind of stuck in their house. And I saw a gravel bike for sale from a bike shop online, you know, that was trying to move it. And it went kink right back to that. And I was like, fuck yes. The price is right. The streets are empty. I'm going to be on this fucking, you know, and I went and got it. Sick. You can't measure that. Like, there's no way to measure. The editor of that magazine has no fucking yeah. clue. The manufacturer of the bike has no fucking yeah. clue where that came from. That's where it came from. And it didn't happen in that moment. I didn't click a button, but it planted a seed, you yeah. know? Um, so, I don't know. That's kind of, I lost track, but like, that's like S3's measure of success is do we hit people like that um, and inspire them, um, you know, make them feel like the path that they're on is the right path. When the whole world is saying, you really need to fucking sell that car and go buy something with air conditioning that you can go to your job in. Where the one guys are going, nah, man, <laughs> you know, and that's what the still hood thing's yeah. all about, dude. Like that's what that attitude is. It's like, ah, fuck them. They don't know. We know. We, you know, we know that, you know, like it's good. So I don't know. Having said that, print's at the core of what we do and hopefully will be. Um, you know, you can't ignore the fact that media is changing and we are doing more cool things with advertisers rather than them just putting an ad in a magazine. We're doing like partnership things that is kind of playing out in digital spaces, you know, and videos, but also in the magazine and and tech articles and crap. Like We're helping people create content because they need content right now real bad for their own mm -hmm. social media, but they can't make it. We can. We got people for that. Um, we toyed with the idea of selling parts. That's something I'd like to talk to you about eventually because yeah. I don't know, man. Like I never want the magazine to seem like it's becoming a cattle. You know, like we're only saying things to sell gotcha. parts. At the same, and there's no money in it. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like with the, the internet's run all the prices to the bottom. So it's not like we're doing a money grab. But I do think it would be cool to kind of show these feature cars and be like, yo, this is the specs and this is what he did. And these were the steps to get to this horsepower. And rather than them have to just source it and figure it out to kind of be like, here. You know, here's your little checklist, man. Like, if you've got a Fiesta and you want to make 300 horsepower, this, 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 this. It doesn't have to be from us, but, like, this is kind of the route that you go. Yeah. I don't know. Stuff like that. Um, not fully sure if us selling parts is a great idea. Because, like I said, I don't want the magazine to lose the voice. You know, like, we spent a lot of time uh, earning people's trust. And I don't want that to be like, are you just fucking saying that because... You know, you're trying to sell this Cobb access port. Like, I don't want that to happen, but I do kind of want to help the aftermarket. I think that, like, media has kind of lost track of, like, they're not teaching people stuff anymore, man. Some are. I mean, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but, like, a lot of it is visual, and it's like you're scrolling through it, and you're going, huh, huh, like, huh, huh, like. But, it, like, it's you're not learning. Yeah. You're not realizing that you're liking drives like AIDS. Yeah. 
like you're not you know you're liking stuff because it looks like a superhero on that screen but like you're losing like like i I wonder that with the kids and the stance guys i'm like do you guys even fucking know what like a good car feels like it'll fucking blow your mind like you've been doing with abortion cars and you don't even know it. Like, it's just kind of like how you fell into the scene. But if like some dude like CJ Mendez took you for a yeah. ride in his power all wheel drive CRX, you would shit your yeah. pants and it would do everything you thought you knew about cars, you know? Like, so anyway, I, whatever, I don't know where I see us in 10 years, you know, we're just going to try and adapt to media and figure it out. We don't have to have the whole piece of pie, man. We just want enough of it to, to keep doing what we're doing and be able to kind of reach people or whatever. I love it, man. So, so let, me, let me ask you this. If, if somebody wanted to get featured in S3, what is the best practice to follow with that? Um, Probably, honestly, hit me up on my email. It's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spell it out. jwoolley at s3mag.com. J-W-O-O-L-E-Y at S3. It's the letter S, number three, mag.com. Um, if you forget that you can go to like our Facebook page or Instagram message us. If I don't respond, it's not cause I'm blowing you off. It's because I suck at technology. So do it again, gotcha. do it again. <laughs> Me or Hunter or one of the dudes will see it and we'll get back to you. Or my name's Jonathan Woolley, J O N A T H A N Woolley W O O L E Y. You can hit me up on Facebook, man. Just my personal Facebook. Um, a lot of people, you know, hit me up like that. Got you. And, uh, no official i mean send us a couple sample pictures don't sweat it they don't have to be professional pictures um and then you know a mod list and stuff like that man we just go from now since there's Um, no more print magazine is there um i remember back in the day if you got into one magazine it kind of stopped you from getting into another magazine do you still feel that way if they printed it on super street or someone did a online um feature on it do you feel like that takes away from from you or would that be still something you would run I mean, I, yeah to a certain point it's not like it's a deal breaker and sometimes i might be a hypocrite because there's sometimes i'm like nah nah that's been in whatever and then there's sometimes where we do yeah. it or sometimes the car change a lot of times we do it and we didn't freaking know mm. it you know like that happens a lot like dudes kind of like get people you know if somebody sends me some dope ass evo i'm gonna be like hell yeah well i didn't know that they sent it to super street they super street didn't know they sent it to us the <laughs> magazines come out and we're like fuck man you know like he doubled it and then chest. he uses two covers <laughs> yeah dude, like that kind of crap happens you know and and it's usually an accident and a lot of times you know a lot of times the person and i don't this sound they don't yeah. know you know like they're kind of self-centered but it's not like a a, a hurtful devious way they're just excited yeah. and so that's what i mean they're self-centered they built something dope they've reached out to all the magazines and then holy shit a cut not one but like three said yes this is freaking awesome and they don't realize that we're all you know gonna be like ah! you know? But, um, and then there's other stuff that plays into it we got a car coming out in the next issue it's a uk car so it's been in uk magazines but that doesn't bother yeah. me you know what i mean like i just don't because print takes a long time, you know, like a lot of times we're messing with this article months before it ever mm. comes out. So shit happens in those months, you know what I mean? So like we'll have a shoot, 
I've spent a lot of time writing this article. I'm all jazzed on it. It's it's potentially a cover car, and then it hits the internet. It's like, God damn it. It's on the internet. Oh, God damn it. Who did it get? I mean, it's just like, and then you see 60,000 shares, and you're just like, fuck, man. What do we do? Do we pull it? If we pull it, we look like yeah. a dick. But if we come out with it, we look like we're just slow and can't figure it out, you know? I mean, de- depending, maybe that's the way that you look at it. But what print offers, you know you know the value that print offers. And there's not many people that are offering that. And you're still one yeah. that's offering it. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. dude, I wish that I could get a feature now that would be in print. And then get one of those, uh, what are the, the plaques, you know? The the yeah, plaque thing was fucking amazing, bro. And you do, you don't get that now. With I don't know, maybe yeah. you could hit that company up and do online feature, but still, it's not the same. Yeah. For it to be yeah. a magazine with a plaque, your feature, everything that's that's yeah. a beautiful thing, man. Well, and I feel like uh, you know, video is obviously like the thing right now, but I feel like it's starting to almost change a little bit. And somebody I forgot who it was put it in a really good way, and they're like, the thing is, videos happen so fast that like you get excited about what you're seeing, but your brain can't really remember what you're seeing. They're like, you think about how long you look at a photo sometimes and you just sit there and you fucking look at it. And you're like, dude, that's dope. You know, and like your brain is working differently because it's really taking it all in and you're getting like super inspired. Yeah. When you see the hot flash videos that are just trying to fight for your attention online, a lot of times they get your attention, but they don't they don't make it in like your long term. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think I think photos are gonna kind of come, not that they ever went anywhere, but videos taken over. You know, the last couple of years, everybody's like, "What are you doing for video? If you ain't doing video, you ain't doing shit. You gotta do video." You know, and it's like, yeah, 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 that's cool. But I think I think that photo is gonna kind of come back and you know punch it a little yeah. bit. But uh, we'll see. Definitely, I do think that you know, even if even if you know one of the big players or whatever does a sick video on a car that we were about to come out with a feature on in print you're right it doesn't really take away from the yes they may have seen it before but it's a different vibe in print it's a different article they see different parts of the car that they maybe missed in the flash of the video you know yeah Um, i I mean we're not back in the the early 2000s anymore if somebody's building a car right now more than likely thousands and thousands of people have seen it from the day they bought that car, they started tearing it apart, buying parts or whatever. You know, everybody yeah. that builds parts, you see everything. You see the inside out. So it's not like when a video comes out from Hoonigan, everybody's like, i seen them build it already. I'm not going to watch that. What am I going to No, they're going to watch it. And then when the magazine comes out, you're like, okay, cool. I want to get the magazine because now I can read about it. And, oh, this guy, he went through this trials and tribulations in life, saved up and managed it, and then it paints the whole entire picture. So I feel like everything plays its part. I don't I don't think there's been anything that's come out that's just taken away from print. The only reason that the big yeah. companies aren't out is because of advertising. Because now people could advertise yeah. for way cheaper. They could advertise for free. They could pay a, an influencer that'll get way more views than than a magazine or you know any anything like that but where does that stuff go to does that naturally translate into i saw this picture on on online from a quaker state ad and it made me want to buy this bicycle and i got a road bike now like (laughs) uh, i don't know if it's gonna have that same connection 
as it did when you're at the store, you're reading it, you connect with that guy because it's his actual words. So, you know, I, I could see it from your point where you could get jaded in the whole change of things, you know, but from the outside looking in, man, every time the, the S3 comes in the uh, in the mail for me, I'm like, all right, cool. Let me sit down. Let me look through this. Yeah. You know, the paper quality is thick. The cover is always my favorite thing. Um, and that's one thing that I wanted to ask you guys about is how much do you guys put into the cover? Because it seems like there's a lot that goes into each one. They're all so unique. Yeah. Well, you know, our designer is, well, we got two designers, Guy Haney. I don't, I don't know if you guys are friends mm -hmm. of Facebook, but Guy Haney is kind of our, our whatever, art director. He's the guy that lays out the whole magazine down to the page numbers and all the little things that you see everywhere in a magazine. And then we got Alex Grant, who uh, who helps out with like the features and doing like the cool, you know, explosive features and all that kind of gotcha. design and everything. Um, there is like no doubt in my mind that those two guys are some of the most talented dudes in this industry, period. Like our design has always been dope. I don't know if that's because we're slower to make magazines, you know, than like when the big magazines were out and they probably had a lot more of a time crunch. But um, like, I mean, dude, like you can go back over the decade and look at crap that we've done and then look at like just the way the scene's gone and seeing the way that like our original Still Hood logo was like one of the first script things, dude. And the only person to really do it before that was Andy Sapp. And Andy Sapp and Cody were buddies and they were on this kind of cursive script font. And I was always like, that looks fucking weird on a car, but okay, let's go with it, you know? And then like, dude, that became the thing for like a long time. Like that was a trend. You see a lot of that stuff going on. Um, but yeah, Guy and Alex are unbelievable. Um, it's funny because a lot of times I throw shit at the wall. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, all right, so guy, if we do this for cover, like, here's some ideas we can do that. Well, like, that's how this went. This issue. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. The Hot Wheels. Like, it was one of those things where we're just throwing out ideas and we're like, it's green. I don't know. Hulk, uh, dollar signs. I was like, Hot Wheels. He's like, that's it, man. <laughs> he's like, gotta go. And then, and then, like, a day later, he'll send me, like, where he's going with it or whatever, you know? Yeah. And, um, that's a lot of times how that how that kind of stuff goes. And then the printing we spend too much money on to make it look yeah. good. But it's a pride thing. And once you step it up, we're not gonna pull it back. You know what I mean? Like Super Street and those ten magazines started doing that and people noticed yeah. that crap. You know what I mean? Like it was like, the hell man, the paper's turned into toilet paper, you know, yeah. like so I uh, we'll go under. We'll go out of business before we start pulling back on that crap. I love it, bro. Um so yeah, man. That, the guy—he's the one that had that uh uh apparel brand. I forget the name. Correct? Back in the day, he had. Hold on, he had Speed Foundry, and then he did Volatile. That one. Volatile. He was doing with uh, Rutledge Wood. Gotcha. He's kind of a mutual friend of all of ours because we all kind of you know came out of Atlanta and and you know me and Rut went to UGA at the same time. And oh stuff. wow! Uh, so he was doing that with him, and then that went to hell in a handbasket because i think there's a volatile like women's shoe company i remember that yeah Some shit. and they got a cease and assist and like you know actually took it seriously and was like oh we need to change the name i was like change it to vol atl like vol oh yeah that was it dude and and i don't know something it was like oh we need to stay away from all of that and then i think it went to speed foundry right 
I well, don't know. But when yeah. I had the shirt, it was a volatile, and it was a uh, man. I really liked it. If you if you still have one, guy, if you're listening, let me know. Uh, the Atlanta one, it was like with the with the A. The ATL. Yeah, the ATL one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got that sticker on my CRS. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And he does a lot. He did this shirt. He's done all of our recent shirts. Um, but they're killer with that stuff, yeah. man. I'm so envious of that because I'm like kind of creative in like a, a writer way or yeah. whatever but then i see the stuff that he does and i'm just like son of a bitch how do you because i have such a hard time i get like a flash of an idea but i can't even like put it words mm. in it let alone actually design it you know what i yeah. mean like because i'll be trying to like think of ideas like something will flash and i'll be like guy so i have this idea and it's like I want to do this, but then like this. And as I'm explaining it, I realize how much of an idiot I sound like <laughs> and how patient he is with me. Because he's just like, yeah, man. Yeah, it sounds good. Here, I kind of got an idea, though. Let me kind of run with this and see. And it's, yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I wish I had that brain, dude. I would have so many random companies yeah. if I could do that. Have you, uh, have you ever dabbled with uh, meditation? No. Really? Oh, we no. got the hair for it, bro. You got to give it a try. No. Yeah. I mean, the closest I get to, quote, meditation is riding my mountain bike, and that is far from it. Yeah. But, like, mentally, it's kind of like I like being out in the woods or whatever. Yeah. Got it. But, yes, I don't sit in a room like this or anything. Yeah. I've uh, I've done it plenty of times, dude. And after every session, bro, it's just like every all the, the noise in my head just stops. And then I just start thinking of, like, crazy ideas and things and it's like it's sort of like a dream state you know and i've come out with so many good ideas from meditating um really good thing i, I would recommend anybody listening just to to give it a try you know but then again then cool. again i've come up with so many awesome ideas from just smoking at night too so i was about to say i should try weed you don't smoke because <laughs> this Nope, despite my hair, I have not oh smoked. Oh my god, dude. This century. I think the last time I smoked was literally the Up and Smoke tour <laughs> with like Eminem and Snoop and all that. And I was sitting there just blinking and standing. And like I was having this internal monologue that was like, I don't like this shit. I just fucking do it to be cool. But I don't fucking like it. I don't like the way I was like, I'm stuck in this. Fuck it, I'm I'm stuck. I'm stuck standing here and I can't I remember thinking about all this shit. I was like, I just want to turn it off and I want some energy back and I'm fucking stuck looking at goddamn MS. You know, and like and that was like the that was like the last time I smoked. And That's that was funny. before I met Casey, my yeah. wife. I met her a couple years later. I met her in two thousand two. We started uh dating and been together ever since. And she had kind of like a burnout boyfriend ah, in high school or whatever um and for some reason she ain't she ain't about it like it kind of hurt their relationship uh, you know yeah. and so she's not about it and i just made the choice but i do feel like as an adult if i smoked i could be freaking creative i do think that it would kind of like mellow me the fuck out but dude, dude that's one of my uh, life goals now is to uh smoke a blunt with you bro that's definitely gonna happen <laughs> You know, I, I understand it, dude. I understand it. Well, I'd probably act like a freaking... I know that, like... I know enough to know that weed has become, like, freaking scientific now. Yeah. You know? But, like, I would be terrible at it. It would probably be hilarious. Because when I used to smoke weed, I used to do dumb shit. Like, 
cook macaroni but forget to add the water. Uh, <laughs> like, maybe they've had some crack how- or something in it too, dude. I don't know. Well, it was probably never the best shit. We were teenagers yeah. and in our 20s, we just got But yeah, no, it. dude, like, I-, I smoke pretty much every night now, and which is just by habit, but it really helps me just calm down, relax, and just just think about things, think about ideas that I normally wouldn't think about. You know, um, my guy RC, um, you know RC from RC's Garage uh, yeah. from Arizona, he actually moved out here and he works with us now. And the other day he uh, came over to the house after work and everything and we just smoked and we're just sitting there and then just have the craziest conversation just about about life about the future about what what i want what he wants what how we can both work with each other to get these goals and you know without that that medium of, of smoking it would be kind of an awkward conversation to have <laughs> like hey, why yeah. why are you talking to me about this right now but you know when you smoke it's like uh it's normal you know, we start just take talking in, yeah. about whatever, dude, talking about space or whatever it is. It just kind of, uh, it lowers your inhibitions from, you know, thinking like an adult. You know, why are we talking about yeah. this dumb shit right now? And it's, uh, that's where a lot of ideas come from, man. Because it's just like you said, just throwing shit on the wall, dude. Just throw shit on the wall and something's going to stick. And and to be honest, from yeah. from smoking, that started me i was in the garage smoking and then i started doing lives while i was smoking interacting with people and from that so i would be in no bro (laughs) so many so many little little transitions from that time where i just decided well i'm just gonna hang out here and smoke on live and and interact with people turned into the podcast i swear to god bro just from from that you know and it's just it's just those times where you you just get a chance to just block everything out and just focus on your brain, whatever you're thinking at that time. And a lot of cool ideas would come out. So maybe that's where your creativity's at, man. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it's funny you say that because, like, you know, a lot of a lot of our great ideas, like you know, eight years ago, was because me and Greg, you sell. Yeah. Shout out to Greg. Uh, or, yeah, dude, we were valeting together. Mm-hmm. And so, in a way, it was the same thing, you know, like there'd be those downtimes valet and, and you just get in these conversations about, you know, crazy. And that's where like the one, two, three, four, fifth shift noms and stuff would yeah. come from because we would just be joking around and shit. And sometimes I feel like now life is so crazy, you know, you're a dad and like you just you don't have that time to kind of just think yeah. and 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 whatever, just brainstorm and shit because every day is kind of like busy yeah. you know mm-hmm. and then the day's over so yeah i don't know yeah it's, it's definitely I wish i could find some of that time now weed or no weed but find some sort of time where you could just be like all right what do i want to do yeah you know like because it just you know it's hard to it's hard for those ideas to come through when you're you know cooking dinner for a little girl and then cooking dinner for you and your wife and then running around and you know yeah it's just you gotta have that time for you man even if it's at the late 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 end of the night if you get an hour in or something that's that's like the best time for me just because there's zero obligations i don't have to worry about anybody calling me i don't have to worry about doing anything (laughs) i'm just there in my zone just chilling out listening to music 
as music should be listening to, you know, deciphering all the different sounds and appreciating things to a different level. And uh, it's amazing, man. I definitely love it. So, man, that's that super surprises me about you, dude. You you got to try it out, bro. I know. You got to be a pothead. I, I know, dude. I trust me. I get it all the time. I even when I, when I go to Hawaii, people are like, "Yo, yo, where can I get some weed?" I'm like, Don't fucking know, dude. <laughs> you know, anytime, any that's the problem when you have you know when you have dreads and shit. Anytime there's weed in the air, which in california i know is all the yeah. time everywhere but like you know in georgia they're not quite there yet so whenever there's like weed in the air it's like people are like ah oh, they're pointing to you and you're like hey, not swear, me <laughs> yeah. hell yeah i love it yeah. all right willie before we get out of here i want to touch on one more topic is the podcast man i was uh, fortunate enough to be a guest on the podcast and it was a great time yeah. man i loved it dude <laughs> it, it was dope man so tell me about the podcast and the idea behind it I mean, if we're going to be totally honest, the idea behind the podcast was like, yo, we need to do a podcast. <laughs> like people were like, you like you need to do video shit or like uh, stuff other than print, you know, like I guess shoot, it's been about 2 years now, but 2 years ago or so when we brought Hunter on yeah. and Jesse on, those guys are very digital savvy, you know, and they're like all right, it's time to beat this out of your comfort or into your comfort zone, you know? Because I was like, cameras? Fuck no. I look weird. I think I look cool <laughs> until I see myself on camera. And then I realize I look like an idiot and I sound like Tom from Blink-182. <laughs> and, and like, they were like, get the fuck over it. You yeah. know? Like, and so they were like, we're just going to, you know, we're going to start doing it. And so, I don't know, we were just doing podcasts to have something to post, more or less. And... And, you know, as is with any podcast, I'm sure. I think the early ones were probably awkward. I never go back and listen to them. Um, but then we quit doing it. And then uh, I don't, we didn't quit on purpose. You know, just a week turns into yeah, two yeah, or whatever. Yeah. We started working more. Like with the Type R, we were super busy with that because we were trying to get that car ready. And we were doing, like, weekly videos with that thing. And and then our own projects. You know, like, dude, I got a CRX. I got a, a first-generation Pathfinder that's lifted. I got an old F-150 that's lowered. I got a big turbo Fiesta ST. I got the old 911. I got an E34 BMW. Um, I got the Jeep. And I got a 944 I ain't never seen yet. Oh, um, and so, like, you know, we got our own projects going, and we're trying to do the Type R project, and we just got busy. And then when Corona hit, it was like, what are we going to do? <laughs> you know? It's like, I don't know. Let's just freaking talk yeah. about a podcast. So we started doing that, and then we started like we were, we were trying to talk about like current event topics and stuff like that. Like yesterday, we did one about the Z, the new Z, or whatever, and that's cool. But we were like, start bringing people yeah. on. So yeah, we brought you. We brought other dudes that are like you know we know in the industry that we know would like to do this kind of stuff. Um, we just kind of went from there. Yeah, I wish I could do it like you do. I really do. Like I wish I could be on two hundred and five. Yeah, two hundred five. Yeah. It's insane. And the fact that you're self-motivated. Yeah. Like if it's just me, there would be like no podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you know it's just because I mean? I'm I'm interested into uh, it. You know, it's it's just like you with the bikes. Uh, podcasting was a hobby of mine just to to be a fan of it. You know, I'm I'm huge into music. You know, I'm I'm probably as much uh passionate I have as much passion for music as I do for cars. You know, so with music comes the podcasting and 
you know, I jumped into that that side of things. So it was like, I want to do this and I'm going to do it. And if nobody else is going to help me out with it or see the vision, it's all good. They'll see it in the future, you know, but this is something that I wanted to do. And um, it's fucking hard, bro. It's definitely hard. It's hard editing and it's hard to, to promo and get the guest in here. But when I sit down here with a guest, especially a guest like yourself that I consider a friend and I have so much history with, dude, it's it's yeah. so awesome, bro, just to sit here and just talk about it. And, and this is like an escape from the world that's going on right now. There could be some problems going out inside the shop that I'm like, hey, sorry, I was in a podcast, guys. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I love it, man. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, with, with our little podcast, there's like, you know, four of us that are, we're not always on it, but at least there's four of us and at least two will be on and sometimes a guest or whatever. And um, yeah, usually I'm like, they're like, we need to do a podcast. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know, like I tend to avoid yeah. it, but then once I'm doing it, it's a lot of yeah. fun. I don't know why I tend to avoid it because I do enjoy it, but there's something about like, nine on a tuesday i don't like that man i might be busy you know like i'm just like i don't want to go i don't want to put a time on it guys i'm not trying to conform to your time (laughs) (laughs) yeah but yeah no it is fun to do man and i don't listen to podcasts i'm weird like that like i have never ever listened to a podcast not a joe rogan not a none of them so i don't know how they're supposed to go i never read other magazines yeah you know, like cut a lot of times because i just didn't want it yeah definitely because if i read something that like sam wrote in super street it's there yeah. you know what i mean like I, and even if you don't mean for it to come out it comes out and i don't want to plagiarize and not even plagiarize him but i don't want to copy him i want to kind of keep my thoughts, my thought. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, definitely. Like, like, let's just say both of us were going to review a Supra. Yeah. I don't want what he said to influence what I said or vice versa. So I just didn't, like, read the other ones. Um, other than, like, Haggerty. Haggerty is super mm. dope. Um, but see, I'm into, like, that, like, I grew up around kind of the vintage European sports cars. And, like, I think car collecting is super cool. I'm super, like, intrigued by that kind of stuff. Like all my older cars and you you should probably know this actually like you know Haggerty does the collector car insurance mm-hmm. well they've opened it up like almost a year now i guess last october or something like that to a lot of like our type of stuff um because forever they wouldn't do the older hondas they wouldn't do any older nissans they were like it's just a theft thing really is what i think it came down to um but they've opened that up so like right now my crx is Haggerty, which is awesome um, my E34, which is a 92 5 Series BMW, is Haggerty. My 1990 F150 is Haggerty. My 95 Pathfinder is Haggerty. And for all of those cars, I mean, it's like 500 a year, maybe. You know, and that, and then, well, the 911 is insured for more. But like, if these cars stay inside and if they're not daily driving them or whatever, like Haggerty will talk to you. You oh, know, wow. like if the cars are super modified. Yeah, if the cars are super modified, they're kind of like, mm, that's not really what we do. But slightly modified is okay. Like if you had a, you know, a nice 240 or like an R32 Skyline, anything like that, super in a Type R, like a Integra Type R would be super in. Any of these, I mean, people should call them because I saved like literal thousands. Really? Here. Yeah, because all those cars were just insured with, you know, a regular car insurance person and, and they took it. 
I already had the 911, so you kind of had I you kind of had your in or whatever with that car. But they took the other cars, man. They're like, yeah, absolutely. This is what we're about. We're about these cars, you know, that are kind of used on the weekends and and stuff like that. So sick. Uh, Hell yeah, bro. But Haggerty makes a magazine that's super sick. Like I I know I'm way off topic, but like they do stuff like hey, how the whole crash test whatever of 73 changed the way that bumpers were designed and changed all of automotive manufacturing after that and how America had a hard time with it, other than like the Corvette, you know, but America was like, just take that big ass steel bumper and put it on there, I guess. But like they were talking about how like Euro companies were adjusting like the 911s and stuff and people were trying, they're like that one law changed all of automotive design. Oh, wow. And Japan... Japan was like super good at adapting to it. And you know, like it started to show in the 80s. Japan was running away with it. And America was still like big chrome bumper yeah. that sounded and was crashed. At. Like we didn't know what to do with it. But anyway, that's super sick magazine. <laughs> but um No, I, I definitely feel I what you mean, man. It's um <clears throat> sometimes those influence the outside influences can play on your um your opinions, but uh Man, the podcast that we did, it was awesome, man. That's the kind of podcasting that I like. Just sit Yeah, just sit down with people, just bullshit and then uh have other people listen, you know, cuz I I really feel like this what we're doing right now is a lost skill. It's a lost art and so many people are craving it. Whether it reminds them of, you know, simpler times where they're just hanging out with their friends, bullshitting in the garage or what have you. Or if they're just um, receiving information that maybe they never even thought about, you know. How often do you even speak to one of your close friends for half hour, just a straight half hour with no other interruptions? I'm talking without you guys on your phone be like, oh, yeah, what's up with work? How's everything? Oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, like face to face. Look me in my eye talking. That doesn't happen anymore, man. So people are craving that kind of content. And I feel like podcasting, it's its already blown up ever since I've been into it. And when I got into it, it was already blowing up. So I feel like it's just going to continue to grow. And um, right. hopefully it turns into something awesome, man. But either way, I feel like these conversations that I have with people, the payment that I get from it is the knowledge that I receive and other ways of thinking about things from literally a, a, a totally different human being. Like we're yeah. from different parts of the country. We're from different, we have different backgrounds. Our ancestors are from different places. The life that you live versus that I lived are totally different. You know, maybe you, yeah. you don't use a certain thing at your, your house in the kitchen that I use. And we would go to each other's house and you're like, Hey, what, what's that for? You're like, it's for tortillas. <laughs> You don't have one? You're like, what's a tortilla? <laughs> you know? Just some yeah. shit like that, you know? But it's so dope to be able to talk to these people because I feel like it just gives me more ammo. It gives me more knowledge, and I'm just fucking craving this in. So if I can talk to anybody, dude, that that's my goal. And whatever comes out of this is, is going to be secondary, you know? Cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. Cool. I love it. Well, I, dude, I think you got a natural talent. Thank for you, it. brother. I appreciate yeah. it, man. Like, yeah, dude, I really do. It's it's freaking crazy because I don't think that I have a natural talent for it at all. But like, I you know, I don't know. It's it's super cool, dude. And I think that you reach a really cool group of people 
Um, thank you brother so yeah keep doing your thing dude thank you man i appreciate it and willie i appreciate you for your time man i know you're a busy guy and you got a family and you got a lot of uh a lot of cool shit going on busy things man so i appreciate you spending this time with me dude oh yeah so before we get out of here once again where can people find you at and find the magazine at yeah all right um self-promotion yeah let's do it uh, terrible <laughs> all right so uh the magazine is s3 magazine we're one of the last standing print magazines we're nationwide um actually i guess international whatever um but anyway if you go to s3 magazine or i'm sorry s3mag.com you can get a subscription it's 20 bucks for like two years is what we say because we got to put a number on it it's more than two years you also get a free t-shirt click on the damn one that's got the t-shirt because you know like it's a special but like it's there um so click on the link with the two-year subscription free t-shirt it's 20 bucks we'll send you a current issue we'll send you the t-shirt we'll send you some other little secret goodies that we get made that are kind of funny and um and then you'll get the you'll get them in the mail from then on it's quarterly it comes out when it comes out you know we try our best um so yeah man that's it and then if you go on on facebook it's just s3 magazine instagram it's just s3 magazine youtube it's s3 magazine um you know we ain't that big on youtube but there's some good ones in there um yeah, man. So, yeah. Dope. I love it, man. Guys, please go check out S3 Magazine. Just go subscribe right now. I'll give you guys 20 bucks. Uh, I'll refund you on it. Just go <laughs> fucking subscribe. 20 bucks. You're going to... Sp- I mean, dude, at 20 bucks... You know, one time I made the joke online. I was like, at 20 bucks, dude, you can just roll out the magazine and beat your dog with it, and it's worth <laughs> it. And somebody got, like, seriously, like, <laughs> they wanted to make it a thing. I'm like, fucking kidding. <laughs> like... Like, you know, like, I'm not advocating <laughs> pet violence. Please, but, guys. Um, yeah, man. I mean, it, like, seriously, if it makes you all feel any better about spending your 20 bucks, like, we're taking a loss on it. <laughs> we just really want you all to read it, you know, because hopefully you'll connect. I mean, just, just think of the value you'll get, guys, for 20 bucks. You said it's quarterly, so at least eight magazines that you're going to get throughout the two years. It's going to be more than yeah. that, but... You're going to be surprised when you open the mail. You're always expecting something bad, some bills, something you got to take care of. Oh, shit. <laughs> S3 magazine today. And that's going to that's going to yeah. give you the 20, 30 minutes to go through the magazine. You know, it's worth it. If you break it down yeah. 250 a magazine, that that joy that you're going to get for that random day is going to be worth that 250. Yeah. Hell yeah. So um, make sure you guys. What's that? I said, if I do my job right, yeah. You're doing it, bro. You got it, not, man. Fuck it. It's the price of like two burritos. Come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but guys, please, please make sure you go sub- um, subscribe to S3 Mag and um, check them out, man. Follow them. They're really part of the culture. They've been around ever since I've been here. You know, I've I've already had two features through S3, and I, I really, really yeah. appreciate that, man. You guys gave me a shot when I was just a little fucking punk kid on the forums, bro, and I always appreciate that. <laughs> Yeah, so make sure you guys go check them out. And please um, check out our sponsors, Heel Toe Automotive. Been around since 2002, supplying you guys with all your Honda parts. Check them out at HeelToeAuto.com or on Instagram at Heel Toe Automotive. And if you need a clutch to handle up to 1,200 horsepower, you're going to want to hit up Action Clutch. Clutch is made in Los Angeles, man. Family, business, great people over there. Check them out at ActionClutch.com or on Instagram at ActionClutch. And... S3 Mag, make sure you guys go check it out. And this is Downtime with Downstar, episode 205, and we're out.
Peace.